If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey folks, welcome back to the Explorinate podcast. I'm your host, Battle Mode, and I've got Drexy with me this week. Hey Ben, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, sir. How are you? Oh, sweating like a pig. <laughs> For anyone who's not in Europe, I guess uh, the weather, especially in the UK, has been really terrible, like 32C. Don't ask me what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's a lot. Yeah, I guess over uh, 100. <laughs> it's Scorchio. <laughs> yeah, Scorchio. It's Scorchio. Yeah. Even in Scotland at the moment, hot. half past midnight in Scotland, south of Scotland, but it's 28 degrees in my room, so it's pretty warm. And it's going to be much hotter, hotter down south, I imagine, isn't it? Whoops. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, as you said, it's, you know, with computers on and whatnot, it gets really hot in here. Plus, the, the other problem with the UK is um, when the sun goes down, the humidity goes up and up, and it's currently almost 90% humidity at the moment, so... Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is brutal. It's nothing yes, like that here. Indeed. And we've also got another Brit with us tonight. I'd like to introduce you to Richard York. Hello, everybody. You're right, Ben. Thanks for inviting us down today. I know you've asked me a couple of times and I've always flaked on you. <laughs> you've always been, uh, I think you've always been busy is more likely what's happened. But yeah, it's good to have you on the podcast, Richard. So for anybody who doesn't know, Richard York runs a YouTube channel where he plays mostly, I'd say, historical war games, but you kind of play all sorts of stuff, don't you? I think it's a mixed bag, but you know what the mainstay, and you know what it is. Field of Glory is kind of the mainstay game on my channel. But I've, I've started to push out a little bit. I've, I've been playing. A, I put, I've been pushing myself out. Bit, as you know, joining me on a couple of Twitch streams recently. We've been going a bit retro, haven't we, Ben? Yes. So the last the last stream we did, we were playing Dawn of War, the original Dawn of War, it's an old RTS Warhammer forty k game, and. We, we got absolutely wrecked. <laughs> it was it was quite funny because we, we we felt we we're doing so well and we thought, yeah, we're really good. And then just four defilers turned up. <laughs> uh, also this week, we've got Daz Tactic, who we've not seen for a while. How's it going, Daz? G'day, guys, and uh, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Always enjoyable to uh, talk gaming. And uh, hi, Richard. Richard and I have uh, had a fair few little... Uh, forays into uh, Field of Glory in the past. So, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, very, very happy to be here. So my understanding is that we're going to be uh, discussing the Alex Jones trial. Is that the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the pictures he sent to Roger Stone, was it, of his wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I didn't hear that one. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you know, they got his uh, all his phone stuff. Well, s- somehow a prosecution got access to his phone. And apparently he was sending new photos of his wife to uh, Roger Stone. So Good anyway, enough. we digress. Yeah, I was only joking No, we're here to that. talk about games. <laughs> Are we? Oh, damn it. We were talking at the start before we started recording that we better not talk about any politics or anything. I thought this was a wife swap podcast. <laughs> Good Lord. I should say no more. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad Rob's not here. Holy yeah. crap. No, no, he'd love it. He'd love it. Rob, Rob pretends like he pretends like he doesn't, but he loves it. He loves this shit. Uh, so this week, the theme of the podcast is I'm just going to have a catch up with everybody. Say hello to Richard. Find out what games everybody's been playing, because 
it's been a while really since we've been together haven't we Daz? and yeah um, in fact me and even me and drexy haven't really done a podcast for a little while it's it's been a few weeks at least so um and rob can't be here unfortunately tonight he's working we're going to record another one tomorrow for you know sort of a robber based podcast but i'm going to ask you Daz. i'm going to turn to you first what games have you been playing sir and have you got any recommendations for people to try because i've been keeping a close eye on what you've been playing i haven't really had much chance to watch you for long but you've been playing some pretty interesting stuff recently yeah i've, I've been playing a, a fair bit fair few different things actually one game that's a, probably a year or two old now is noita not the sort of game that i would normally play it's almost like a platformer but um it's a game i don't know if you guys have seen that one at all it's like a, yeah i have yes. i haven't really played much of it but i've got it it looks amazing. It's, it's, I just can't stop playing it. It's um, it's like Powder Toy. If you ever played that, it's not even Powder Toy. is not really even a game. It's sort of like a simulation where you set up like different sorts of powders and uh, have like different lava and things like that, and sort of set up things where you know th- things will burn, etc. And the game is actually set up. It's got random levels set up in that sort of sense where you've got like gunpowder and water, oil. And uh, depending on what you do, you're sort of are, are around shooting all these different creatures. But it's actually a really, really cool game. So that's actually, I guess that's that's the the that's my beer and pretzels game at the moment. I've been thoroughly enjoying that one. And that's um, the physics based game, isn't it? So yeah, it's like a platformer where yeah, there's different materials that you're kind of exploring. You know, that's making up the kind of world that you're exploring, and you have it different is. abilities. It's funny because the the game actually um, the balance in the game is actually quite surprising because once you get past you know using the the uh, the elements that are around you you then actually it's all about building the actual wands that you're using with a different sort of power in the wands and that's actually something that um, yeah as you get into it, it the game just keeps on expanding into into other areas that uh, that are quite interesting I can I can only get like past about two levels at the moment so I'm pretty bad at it. <laughs> that's why it's a beer and pretzels game i can, I I can just, play it for about 10 minutes <laughs> i looked at the steam page and just saw just a little person exploding ever so often <laughs> yeah yeah it looks quite fun that's oh, it's, it, is, it is great fun <laughs> it's um it's it's funny it's a it's one of those games where anything can happen in it like just because of the way that the game is sort of set up there's so many different avenues that it can go down and uh so it's really i've, I've found that really really interesting and um Another game, actually, I was I was live streaming some Warhammer uh, Gladius the other day, Warhammer Forty Thousand Gladius, which is a bit of a staple on my um, on my Twitch stream anyway. And uh, and actually, I, I then I was getting towards the end of it, so I, I ran a poll of what the uh, guys wanted to actually sort of see uh, next, and um, they wanted to see, uh, which is a fairly old game now, I think it is Warhammer Forty Thousand Mechanicus, and uh, that's I've been having such fun with that the last few days. It's been a, a real lot of fun. Um, I didn't play it much back in the when it first came out, but it's uh, it's really really cool as a as a tactical game. That's my um, experience of that game completely. Does I I bought it? Oh no, actually, I think I waited for a while because I wanted to see what it was like because there was a lot. Of, I would I already got loads of forty k tactics games, and uh, so I waited. But when I actually jumped in, that's a man. That's a good game. That is. They've really mm. nailed it with the presentation and the game mechanics are really tight as well. I think it's um, it's a surprisingly good game for the size of the studio. I'd say. Yeah, it's sort of like there's certain aspects where it doesn't look all that polished, like particularly in the, I guess, in the strategic layer when you're going through the actual tombs. I mean, it's all it is is Adeptus Mechanicus who you play as versus the Necrons. And so you're sort of exploring a tomb world, essentially, of a ne- of Necrons, and, and each run that you do has got like a – I don't know if it's a random, randomly generated dungeon. I haven't actually tried to figure that one out yet or not, but um, 
it's sort of presented with different different scenarios that come up and you've got to have your, like it, it all comes down again to how you've got your various um, mages uh, sort of set up, the you know, the various characters that you sort of control. And again, it's just what you put on them. It actually has such a big bearing on the game, but it's a really, really interesting game. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I played it a bit when it was released. I need to go back to that because, yeah, I did enjoy it when I played it. But, again, I guess something else came up and I never sort of got back to it. So, yeah, I should really have a look at that. That was really good. That seems to be your kind of game as well, Rich. Have you tried that one? I've, I've, I will admit, I see a lot of games and then I realise I have too many games to play already. <laughs> I really, I have, yeah. see, I have seen it and it's just the problem is I, my 40k game is gladius and we'll talk about this a couple of weeks ago ben where we're saying how much of a good game gladius is you're preaching to the converted here mate yeah all yeah play it. Um, gladius is in think... my top three games of all time really the, wow, AI, the ai is exceptional yeah I, richard and i played it on uh, twitch recently we played a multiplayer game and we we won it but i tell you what man that was one of the best games that's one of the best times i've had playing a multiplayer game ever because we thought we didn't even see the AI for a while, did we, Richard? We, you know how you, um, Gladius is very much a game of environmental taming, I guess, for the you know for the first part of the game, yeah. Even before you meet the AI players, and it could be quite tough, especially if you ramp the difficulty up. And we were, pl- I was playing a race that I'd not really played for a while, and we we thought that we were like, oh, the AI is weird. This is not doing anything. I hadn't even seen it, and we got right up to the walls of the enemy cities, and we were like, oh, this is kind of disappointing. And then all of a sudden, the next turn the AI kind of woke up and it sent waves and waves of stuff at us. And, oh man, it was, we were fighting for survival. And it it was honestly one of the best experiences I've had. That game has aged incredibly well. I mean, it's not that old, but it's, I think that's going to be one of my favorite games for a long, long time. And the fact that it's like almost, it's kind of like We Go as well. So it's a really superb multiplayer game because you can all take your turns at once. It just plays really fast. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, the next game, Zephon to come out that's looking really good yeah that looks exceptional yeah Yeah. i'm with you there yes absolutely it looks really really cool um i've kind of you shouldn't really do this when you work for a games journalist site but i've kind of avoided looking too much of that because i can't i don't i don't want to spoil it for myself i know rob and was it you directly did you interview the guys from from Uh, yeah 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 it was really good interviews i I got so hyped (laughs) during that interview yeah so yeah if you guys uh, haven't heard about it go back and listen to that interview and yeah it's really good really good ideas they've got for that i think if they could somehow translate the success that they had with warhammer gladius into you know a 4x game that that has more of the traditional 4x elements um i i actually put down part of the success of warhammer gladius being that it didn't try to shoehorn in old mechanics from Civ that didn't that don't normally work. Things like diplomacy, it kind of just got rid of diplomacy completely, and it doesn't really fit with the theme of Warhammer 40k anyway. But I, I think that made it a better game, and you know, it's a very war focused game. And then I think some people argue that it's not even really a 4x. I, I don't think it really matters. I think it's just one of those games that's just so good that who cares what genre it is? It's just it's, you. It's a must buy. We rank that game as exemplary, and it's one of the few games in the recent purge that rob went through where he he kind of went through all the game ratings and just deleted them because we realized that ratings aren't you know who cares about scores really however we decided to keep the exemplary category and he stripped nearly all of the games of exemplary except for gladius and a couple of others so you know i I think that that's that shows how highly we rate that game 
Yeah, I mean, um, Zephon will have diplomacy. I'll just quickly explain for those who haven't followed uh, what it is. Basically, like, the Earth's been invaded by an alien race, and you've kind of make, got to make the choice of, are you going to be, like, a resistance, or are you actually going to side with the aliens? And you also have, like, interesting choices of sort of um, taking them, their tech, and sort of uh, becoming, like, hybridized and stuff like that. So, you know, you have, like, uh, alien limbs and weapons and stuff that sort of integrate into your body. So, yeah, but listen to the interview. It'll probably explain you a lot better than I just did. <laughs> no, it sounds like a fascinating game, actually. It's, I can't wait for it to come out. That's, um, that hasn't got an actual release date yet, I don't think, has it? That's still... Um, that's still no, I think it's like just 2023, I think. 23 now, is it? Okay, so it's been pushed back a little bit, I think. I thought it was going to be actually um, around um, mid-year this year. I actually thought I've, I watched your stream the other day. I thought you looked it up. I thought you said it moved to twenty twenty three. Did you not? I might have actually. I, I forget. <laughs> I'm like I a fish. I'm like a goldfish. Streams, by the way, though your like weekly chats you have. Oh, that's thanks. Really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it's good really fun good actually. You yeah. mentioned games I sometimes I forgot about or don't know, and oh, I'll go and check that because there's like been a new. You go through like the patches and stuff. There's been a new patch for this, or yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, it's really informative. So yeah, I advise everyone to go and check that if you want to sort of uh, check. Yeah, that's on, a, on I do them on Mondays or basically. Games. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's keep oh, it up. Thanks for that. It's fun actually, and the thing I've really enjoyed about that is that I don't know what it's going to be when I start doing it, and uh, it basically people just keep on putting suggestions for when we just look them up and uh, and just do a bit of an analysis of the games that they put forward. But yeah, Zephon, that that, that did come up, I think, briefly. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think it did say twenty twenty three. I just I'm like a goldfish, so I forget things so badly. Um, Daz, I'm yeah. interested to know: Are you getting many views on those? Because they look really those those chats you're doing look really really interesting like that's the sort of content that i kind of want to see more i think it's i, I actually don't know I, I haven't been looking at i don't want to look at the uh at the stats or the a- analytics yet i want it to i want it to sort of just keep on going for a uh like you know maybe for a few months and just to see how it goes i, I think if i start looking at analytics i'm going to get disappointed so i just haven't been looking <laughs> no i think that's quite smart Sometimes it's good. It's like it's like I don't know if you've ever tried to lose weight, but if you uh, if you keep looking at the weighing scales as you're trying to lose weight, that's a really bad idea. If you just keep dieting for months and months and then look at the weight the scales later, you'll be ni- happily surprised, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What I like about it is uh, you cover quite a wide. You have quite a wide, interesting game. So you know, like Nutella, you were talking about, isn't it? No. What's the game you That's chocolate. That's going to be a joke from now on. <laughs> but yeah, you cover a wide range of games, and yeah, I've, and a lot of them I'm interested, especially like tactics. I've been getting more and more into more general tactic games than 4X games, which is kind of dried up at the moment. So yeah. I've I've actually found a quite a few games from your streams that uh, yeah I've I've bought and stuff so yeah oh okay yeah no, I, I get a lot of I, I actually keep a notepad while I'm doing it and as people give me suggestions I jot them down if I if they look good I'll I'll put them on so that's how I got Noita Noita was um, somebody had come up in one of those Nutella yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nutella without the chocolate Noita okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Daz, while, while we're on the subject of uh, games, um, I noticed that you started playing a game that I think is really, really good. And not everyone in the community agrees with me here, but you've been playing Carrier Command and you uh, Carrier Command 2. 
And this is a sequel to a game that I was playing when I was a kid. Like Carrier yeah. Command was a game from the 80s, like the late 80s. And I was, I remember because I was playing it on my ZX Spectrum. It must have been about 1989. <laughs> and uh, that was the original. And the, the update has come out, uh, the, the new version. And it's one of these, micro, it's Microsoft has rebooted itself. And it's kicked out a couple of absolutely classic micro, games. Microprose, not Microsoft. Micro, sorry, my apologies. Yep. Uh, Microprose. And uh, so they, they released High Fleet, which was a banger. And then they've also released Carry Command 2, which I think is also excellent. It's taken a little bit of time to, uh, you know, it was a bit janky on release, but I think it's loads better now. And you've been it's playing incredible. multiplayer. I'd, I'd love to hear your opinions on it. It's one of those games. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned High Fleet because um, I hadn't, I wasn't really aware that Microprose had uh, had actually sort of relaunched itself until I was on that podcast with you guys, maybe a couple of podcasts back, like you know, back like from when I was like I've been on a few times, and it was a fair few, fair fair way back where I think Drexy was really going on about how great High Fleet was, and um, I didn't realise, but Microprose had contacted me. Uh, months earlier <laughs> i just missed the email and oh, um no. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I, I started playing a bit of high fleet but I, did, I didn't actually cover it but then they started to give me a few of the other games and uh and one of them was carrier command and oh my god it's just such a great game it's um it's one of these games where and i found that i enjoyed it i enjoy playing it single player but it's such a such a lot of fun playing it multiplayer and even if people don't really know how to play it all that well like it's it's one of those games where it, there was a game that came out um, like where you actually were on a like on Starfleet Command or something like that, where different people had different uh, bridge positions and they had to work together as a team, and it's very much like that. And yes. um, yeah, so I've actually got like a bit of a, I've got a setup that I, I run on it to get rid of most of the equipment, so that when you start, it gets rid of the AI as well. So all you're doing is just taking over islands. So you, you've got to okay. work as together as a team, and it's really really good fun. If you guys ever ever want to play that as a multiplayer uh sing out because it is just such a hoot i'd love to try that look i was watching with jealousy when you guys were playing because it you, you know I, I thought you know does okay so to the audience who don't know what carrier command is very briefly it's kind of like a forex game in that in that you have a map and it's the ocean and you have a bunch of it's an archipelago you're on and so there's a bunch of small islands and one carrier starts at one end and one carrier starts at the other. And you have to work your way towards one another, taking over the islands one by one who are defended. And you have a, a, your carrier it has air. It has aircraft. It has tanks, like amphibious tanks. And it also has uh, like a main gun and certain other things that you can, you know, the weapon systems that you can utilize. But it's all done from a first person perspective. So it's kind of like an FPS in the sense that you have to run from station to station uh, to man certain bits if you're playing on single player but in multiplayer obviously you could have one person piloting the you can have one person logged into piloting the aircraft you could have one person uh flying the uh piloting the carrier one person manning the main guns it's just a it's, it's an amazing game and it's funny i was talking to another collaborator of explominate which is eric uh tortuga power and on the last podcast we did with him he said that it was a really bad game but i, oh, I don't really? know if he, he didn't like it but i don't know if he's played it since um, the game is because the game was a bit rough on release. I'll be honest, the pathfinding, for example, on the Walrus, you know, and all the different tanks was terrible. It really, it, it had problems, man, on release, without a doubt, because I bought it as soon as it came out because I'm an old fan. And um, But yeah, it's way better now. The, uh, the game seems much improved and the developers are on it as well. They, they release a patch for it every couple of weeks. It's, it's really, really, I, I don't know. I just think Micropros have hit the ground running. And yeah. I'm really excited to see what else it is they're going to be doing. 
So I was going to say they've got a lot of other things on the go. I think I don't know if you've played Second Front or got into the playtest, Daz. Yeah, that's that's actually something. When I did the uh, the votes, I, I still actually had Second Front on my laptop. Uh, sorry, on my on my desktop, and I didn't realise that it actually it, the playtest had been finished. <laughs> and so that actually won the vote of what people wanted to see. Um, and Mechanicus was second. But uh, when I tried to run it, it was uh, basically said, "Oh no, that's that's all finished. You can't play it anymore." <laughs> it was. It's, it is definitely one to look out for. So it's just a Second World War turn-based tactical game. It is really, really good. I was really, really surprised, and I was following that game for a long, long time before they even released any playtest. And I was going, "Oh, when's this coming out?" And it was actually really, really good. So I, I do. If people want to just check content anywhere on YouTube for it, I'm sure there's lots of content on there just to check it out. But it is. It's, it's something to put on your radar. I don't think it's very far off release. If I go. I think it's twenty two. It's re- it's released. Yeah, I think it's, I think we're only months away or weeks yeah. away. Even I think I think you're right. So you you were in the play test there as well, Richard. Were yeah, you? and I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna. I don't like to speak negatively about the minor one concern is when I play any game is the size. Once it gets too big, it does it get unmanageable. And I can say yeah. that at any game. I hate, I'm not. I'm, this is not me negatively talking about the game, but when you put. An increased size in a game does it get too complex for a person to play? I, I agree with you. That's why I don't. There's like games like War in the East and things like that. I just it's too, it's too much for me. Yeah, we're we're too old. <laughs> uh, you guys Se- are lightweight. Says being the, probably the youngest person in the chat. I've just bought War in the East too. I don't know why. <laughs> To oh, punish man. yourself, punish yourself. Yeah, good game. I, so. I know. Good game, I keep though. buying these war games. I'm going to focus and play them, and I, I, I open them up, and it's just like uh, overwhelmed and closing <laughs> again. Just that's the problem that people make with War in the East and War in the East Two is that they try to play the main campaign first. Don't do that. You're just going to get lost because there's there's a lot to move unless unless you've played like some of the John Tiller games, which have got really huge fronts as well, or some of you know some other game like that. I, I highly advise you start with just the you know the smallest scenarios like Road to Minsk because though that way you can you, it teaches you how to play the game with just like one one brigade or something or one one army group i think is probably more accurate so you know if you if you want to like get into those games don't start with the biggest scenarios like it'd be like you know never playing master of orion and then immediately playing remnants of the precursors and putting it on a thousand star galaxy it's just that's just gonna hurt <laughs> <laughs> i think though that second front like it like it's a you know it's almost sort of squad level the way it sort of is um, presented and i think that that's but i, I think richard's point about that he it could end up being bigger than Ben Hur in in the sense that it ends up just you know each turn could end up taking an hour to play, uh, and that I hope it doesn't end up there. I, I, I love the play test where the missions were digestible, like they were pretty small, and it was almost like a puzzle game. Now I would love to have random generation in that at some point, but uh, and I think that's that will be coming at some stage. But uh, initially, it was it's very much like a, a you're presented with a scenario. It's like a puzzle. You got to go and try to. Uh, you know, get over, and that's why the the smallish squad level aspect to it actually works incredibly well. Does I'm interested to know: Are you still playing Shadows of Forbid- Forbidden Gods? And if so, what do you think about it? I haven't played that for a long time, actually, or you know, for like for a couple of months. And again, I've I um, I really enjoyed it when I was playing it, and I just it's it's like what Richard was saying earlier: just there's too many games to play, and. Um, there's so many games coming out this year as well. Like it's just one of those things where you sort of almost got to pick and choose. It becomes overwhelming. Uh, there's so many, and Shadows of Forbidden Gods was a game that I thoroughly enjoyed, 
but um, just couldn't actually, um, I couldn't give it the time that I wanted to give to it. So it's still on my desktop. I still, I will come back to it at some point. Actually, another game that really, that that actually really bounced ahead of that one for me was Brigandine. Uh, I found that just such an incredible game. Um, oh man, that's amazing. I've, I've yeah. been... I've been ranting about this game because it's my Japanese friend, uh, Miyabi, Miyabi SSG. He's, he's got like a little group of, uh, well, he's got a large group. It's probably roughly the same size as Explominate in Japan. And he's kind of like pushing out. He loves Fantasy 4X games. And he recommended Brigandine to me. And he was like, you've got to play this game. Why are you guys not talking about it? And I was like, I've never even heard of it. What are you on about? And I, I played it. And boy, that is a good game. Like, seriously, yeah. that's one of the yeah. better tactics games I've played in years. And I, I, I think I'm prone to hyper... I think people think I'm prone to hyperbole. I think more likely what it is, I am a little prone to hyperbole, but I also only play good games. <laughs> like, I don't waste my time with bad games. Yeah. So when I yeah. talk about a game, generally it's only because I, I play what I consider to be good stuff. So I think people are a little bit like, oh, you know, ben, Ben's, as usual, raving about some game that, you know, I've had a look at it, and I think people are a little bit put off by the fact that it's got a console game interface. So it's, it is ported from a, from a, from the Nintendo Switch or PlayStation or something. But I tell you what, man, that has got some tactical depth like nothing else I've played in a long time. I'll let you describe it, Daz. Yeah, it's a, it's an old game, actually. Like I think it's based on an old game that has been, as you say, I think it's been ported across. I'm not sure which, which one it was on. Probably was Nintendo Switch. I've actually got the Nintendo Switch version of it as well after playing the PC version. I and, do uh, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, just such an incredible, like it's a game that when I first started, when I first opened it up, the, the uh, tactical map, or the strategic map doesn't change. And so that is set in concrete. And you've got like, I think there's six or seven different factions that are on the actual map itself. And they also don't change. So this, the starting point, there's no randomization at all. But then after that, the actual battles, depending on where you are, like it, there's different JRPG style sort of uh, creatures and characters that you sort of have under your control. So I know that that actually turns a lot of people off, um, you know, having that sort of over-the-top characters, you know, that uh, and also like cutesy little uh, Pokemon-style <laughs> sort of creatures that you sort of got in your uh, in your attack group. But it's very overall- bombastic anime characters, isn't it? They're all like really over-the-top and fun. But uh, I, I mean, I'd recommend if you're really not into anime, you should definitely look at the game. You can you can happily mm. skip all the story stuff, and you will not miss any gameplay. Uh, no, I love no. anime stuff, and I, I actually I think it's really well done. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's serious where it needs to be. It's got kind of more comedy characters. It's got the sort of usual sort of anime pratfalls. However, it is, look past that and you'll find a tactics game that's, you know, that's pretty but, special. But the anime is actually done really, really well as well. Like it's not actually, I, I'm with you actually, Ben. I, I, I actually don't mind anime at all. Like I, I enjoy watching it and, uh, I, you know, because I'm a graphic artist, you know, it's my actual profession. And so, so sure. I sort of gravitate to those sorts of, uh, that's, that I, I like that sort of content. I can see the artistic aspect in it and it really, sure. but they've done it incredibly well. Even the voice acting, even though it's in Japanese, um, it does actually have like a, you know, you could sort of got the, the, the text un, underneath it. But the voice acting is just amazingly good. Like, you know, like yes. it's just so, so well done. But I think that the game really shines when you get into the tactical battles. The actual, the way that the, the tactical battles are sort of set up and run is just, it's so, it's involved. Like it's, it's got, like, I don't know if you've played it, Richard, but uh, this is a game that you would love. Um, and like, you know, because I know the sorts of things that you like with tactical battles and this game t- would tick all your boxes. 
You see, I'm trying to find a new a new niche for me. It looks really good. I've just checked out on Steam. I'll have to go. I'll, I will have to go and try it though. Literally. You need a controller to play it. I've got to warn you. If you if you try to play it on the PC without a controller, the control system is really weird. I think um, the my understanding is that if the game sells well enough, they're going to keep working on it and really kind of go over it and make it a bit more friendly for PC users. I guarantee you that if it's not selling well, that'll be why. It's because it is a little bit too close to the console sort of like user interface system. So that's, uh, you know... Actually, I, I, I agree with you to an extent there, Ben, but I actually found that um, like once you actually got used to the keyboard shortcuts, it, it does definitely need to have better better keyboard control. But yeah. you do get used to the keyboard shortcuts if you play it enough. And um, Yes, okay. But uh, but I do take your point. I think I think it yeah it's it's not it's that's the one thing that's not ideal. That was the feedback I gave the devs as well. But, you know, personally, when I was playing it, that it was really just not um, you know it, it's it's clunky to play on a PC. Uh, but in, uh, they they are fully aware of it. I understand. And um, yeah, but so basically, the game every character in the game, like each faction of the six or seven factions, um, has a whole bunch of heroes. They're all animated, or they're all you know they've all got their own picture. They've all got their own voice actors. Uh, they all have lines of dialogue, but they're all very differently built. And uh, each character can level up like in an RPG, and you can kind of nudge them in different directions. So you know if you want them to change from a fighter into more of a mage class, you can kind of go that way. Uh, and there's multiple. I'd say there's different kind of roles on the battlefield, tactical battlefield for each of these different character class types. Also, um, you have monsters that you kind of, you're able to recruit them using, I guess you summon them with magic, like in Master of Magic. And the different ones that you get, depending on which location you are on the map. And so there's some tactical nuance or strategic nuance in heading into areas where you can get the monsters that you want that are going to be good for the sort of, people that you're going to be fighting against and those different those different roles of each hero are you might you have i think you have three you can have three heroes or uh, they're called knights in the game so you can have three different knights on the on the map at once and each of those knights can control i think up to about eight monsters so you can have really big battles and the it's the nuance um, of the interactions between the mechanics of each of the knights, how they're affecting all of the monsters and all the different abilities that all the monsters have. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, and, and the terrain like- as well. Like you throw the terrain into the middle of that and then, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's exceptional, absolutely exceptional. It's, it's amazing. And there's very few games, there are very few tactics games that have that kind of RPG style, you know, JRPG, like Final Fantasy tactics style gameplay that are this good. Uh, I've not played any mm. that are this good, I don't think. I think it's... Go ahead. So, so that was Brigadine. Brig- yep. Brigandine, yeah. Brigadine, Brigandine, yeah. Brigandine, yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. It does look interesting. Yeah, it's great. It's, uh, it's, it's well it's, advised. I think it would be easy to pass it up uh, in the sense that it doesn't, um, like it would be easy to sort of think, oh, that's superficial because of the way it looks, like because it's got the Pokemon sort of style um, creatures and things like that. But the, the actual underlying gameplay, it's one, one of the most pleasant surprises I've had this year uh, playing that game. Yeah, that's definitely one I wouldn't want to play at some point. But again, just finding the time to play these games. I haven't bought it yet, so but it's definitely on my list of games I want. I feel a bit bad because that was one that Rob was kind of. I think he was struggling to get people to be interested in, in looking at, and uh, I, I snapped it up before Drexy had a chance. So <laughs> Apologise, Drexy. Oh, yeah, I remember. He had, yeah, he was offering the CD key. Yeah, and you grabbed it first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally do that because about because me Abby had been like recommending it. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna snap that. I'll have to get you a copy of it, Drex. It's it's an absolutely it's a great game, and if you if you can deal with the you know the JRPG style. 
and you know the anime style stuff and you you know that doesn't bother you it's it's rapidly become one of my favorite tactics yeah you, not- you've been talking you've been talking a lot about it and it, like you said if you didn't mention it to me how good it was i, I probably wouldn't have i don't know I probably wouldn't have bought it myself judging just judging it by the looks of it but uh yeah from what you guys are saying i definitely uh definitely would, would want to check it out Drexy, I want to know what you've been playing recently, man. Have you been have you been playing many games? Yeah, I I, I sort of um, I I got actually one game that I've tried to play multiple times and uh, always never finished was uh, Divinity Original Sin Two, which uh, I played with a buddy and we I think in a week and a half we finished it. I had a week off work, so yeah, went through and I'm sure I don't have to tell anyone what that game's about, but yeah, it's absolutely great. Um, so and another game I actually want to speak about, which is in a similar vein, is a game called Celesta, which is a game that's based on 5e D&D rules. But I don't, it's, because it's not official, some of the rules are slightly different. But, yeah, it's again, it's, it's very sim- similar to Divinity, um, where it's tactical combat, again, uh, part of your four members. And the main difference is the uh, overworld map, is uh you sort of travel like I think Pathfinder does it the way Pathfinder you have that sort of uh you'd say you don't have to walk everywhere basically but yeah I've really enjoyed that the main campaign is very on the rails um uh, which was really good I mean it, it, I think it's like a I think they have ten people working on it and for ten people who are working on it it was really good the story was really good and then the DLC campaign which is more of an open world one so you kind of it's not on the rails and you can kind of decide where you want to go and yeah i played through that as well within a week and a half again and yeah i'm looking forward to playing more because what they've done is it has an in-game editor where you can make your own campaign so there's a bunch of them on the uh, steam workshop that i'm gonna go through and play as well so yeah i'll definitely recommend that and the other actually, game i've be- been playing before you before you move on from that drexy um because I, that was actually one of the games that was recommended to me but i passed on it because it looked like it was all just scripted so are you saying that it's actually uh, it's more open and uh, more progression sort of style game or is it, it it for me it looked a bit too constrained the original campaign the base games campaign is yeah it's very on the rails and you there's not many choices to make really in it but there's actually a DLC I can't remember what it's called but you can look it up the DLC is actually um more open ended and there's different factions and you can kind of choose who you would side side with uh, I won't spoil okay. it, but there's we, we did a pretty mad thing towards the end. <laughs> so, what? but it's like yeah, the DLC is really open. So if you want um, an open-ended sort of a uh, game, then definitely play the DLC campaign. And I think um, I think in September maybe there's two more classes they add in. There's currently there's two DLCs. One adds two more classes and the other one adds that op- the sort of open-ended uh, campaign plus some more subclasses, I believe, for the the main classes in the game. So check and, that and out. You say it's it's very much D&D style, isn't it? Yeah, it's pure. It's like based on 5e, I believe. Yeah, if you know how to play D&D, it's quite easy to uh, build characters for it. I periodically get a desire to play those kind of games. And I've never actually finished Divinity and Original Sin 2. Part of the problem, yeah, with missing games the first time around is that when the sequel comes out, you kind of want to play the sequel. So I was halfway, or well, I'm about 
three quarters of the way through the original Divinity Original Sin, which is an amazing tactics game, by the way. It's yeah. a really good RPG, but it's it's a really good tactics game. I wasn't that enthusiastic about the sort of British BBC style voice acting, although it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it all sounds yeah. like it's acted by people who did Doctor Who in 1990. But it's it, but other than that, it's it's actually really good. And Divinity Original Sin 2 with the multiplayer looks absolutely fantastic. I did yeah. play Pathfinder Kingmaker, and that is a phenomenally good game. In fact, Daz, I don't know if you've played Pathfinder, but I think you might enjoy it purely because of the strength of the tactical combat in that, especially now they've added a turn-based mode. Yeah, I heard that. I'll write that one down, actually. I I haven't played that one. Is the tactical... The first one has it as well, the second one. I thought it was only the second one had the tactical option. No, they've retroactively added it to the first game. Yeah, Uh, because I actually prefer more tactical combat. That's why I've been playing those two games, Divinity and Celesta, because, yeah, I've really enjoyed the tactical combat. Pathfinder is amazing. It's incredibly complex, though. Like the the character building in it is just you really have to spend several hours just kind of figuring out what everything does. I think if you're like like for example, Daz, I can imagine you spending a long, long time looking at all the character builds and just trying to figure out how they all work together. And there's a lot in it. Um, it's a long game though, Pathfinder uh, Kingmaker, and it is an RPG, but it's great because it's got like a uh, overworld kind of strategic gameplay to it as well. So it's not, and it's actually quite open, even though it does have a, a set story. The you, the way you can approach it is pretty big, and it's quite replayable in that respect. But one thing I will say is where Divinity uh, Original Sin, both games went did really well, was that they limited the amount of. There's no random battles, I don't think, in in, the, in those games. They're all they're all kind of, you know, you only get a set amount of battles because turn based battles take ages. Uh, the original Pathfinder was actually originally real time with pause. And it's really good real time with pause. So anybody who hates hearing that term and they're, oh no, I'm not playing that because I played, you know, I played Baldur's Gate and I didn't like it or whatever. It's it really plays so much better than normal real time with pause games because there's so many options to to control it that it almost played like turn based anyway. However, mm. when you've got a real time with pause game, the, the, the battles work out a lot faster. So it's much more about the setup, and you know you need to understand the game mechanics because Pathfinder is hard. It's really difficult, and you really need to understand the D and D game mechanics to be able to to be able to kind of pair up your characters so that they work in t- in, in tandem to be able to take down these horribly strong enemies. Also, the um, the sheer amount of battles makes the turn based mode actually a very very time consuming game to play. So I actually play it with real time with pause anyway because I find that um, otherwise, you know, the, the battles take ages. I think with the newer game, they've actually limited the, uh, the the amount of battles that you get now so that it's a little bit more manageable if you want to play it with the turn-based tactics mode. Uh, yeah, I just haven't come across that one. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, put that, I'll put that on my list. I don't tend to like scripted games. You know, like I tend to, uh, I'll tend to give a, a mediocre procedurally generated game much you know, higher rating than that for in, in my own sort of play, playability. <sighs> Than a game that actually has got like maps that are all predefined, so I tend to skip over them. There um, is a, a roguelike mode. Uh, there was a DLC for Pathfinder Kingmaker that added a sort of randomly generated dungeon that you can, uh, and it's like a, a campaign that you can go through where you go into this dungeon and it's different every time, and you can use it to test party builds, and that is really good fun because it's like a roguelike. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's worth trying if you even if you're not particularly fussed about that because I know I know you well enough, Daz, to know that you really like procedurally generated games, don't you? Prefer, over kind of scripted stuff, and I'm the same actually, uh, but. Kingmaker's worth playing, I'd say. I think it's really well done. Okay, I've, I've put that on my list. Thanks, th- thanks for that. 
Uh, yeah, the other game I was playing is uh, Wasteland 3. Again, carry on with the uh, playing with my mate RPG tactical combat games. But we ended up abandoning it because I, I don't know why, but he found it quite annoying. <laughs> Just the story found really annoying, so I ended, I might go back and play that on my own because I was actually enjoying it. But again, that's another game that's very scripted. How old so, is that one now, Drexy? Uh, Wasteland Three, I think. Let me have a look. It's Maybe about like twenty eighteen or something. Oh yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, I think it's a bit newer than that. I think Wasteland Two is about six years old, so I think Wasteland Three must be cut last couple of years. Uh, let me just have a look at that. Oh yeah, twenty twenty August twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a relatively mm. new game. That's like a Fallout-style game, isn't it? I think it's yeah. kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Wasteland was a very old computer RPG that came out in the mid, uh, the late 80s. Uh, strategic Simulations, in, I think it was SSI. I might be wrong there. I've uh, I've actually got it on my computer, the original Wasteland. It's been remastered <laughs> recently. Yeah, it's really yeah. old. It's, it's really <laughs> old, man. It's way old. It's like it predates Fallout by 10 years. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's well, they, an old didn't, game. Didn't they collapse? Didn't the, didn't the game company collapse? And then the the original Wasteland guys were working in different places. And then they all came together to make the more recent Wasteland games. I think that there was something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, I think so. Yeah, it's an old it's an old game, and it but it, it you know the the sort of for, I mean Fallout is huge. Everybody like you know, and there's there's people who like the originals, and there's people who like the three D ones, and you know whatever. But that that franchise is massive. It's like a triple A franchise now, and that was you know Wasteland was the game that inspired it. Actually, um, Wasteland plays very much like oh uh, the old Gold Box D and D games. I don't know if you remember those. If you're old enough to remember those, and I know that we are all old enough to remember yeah. those. Maybe yeah. apart from Richard, <laughs> I don't recall them actually. <laughs> The gold box D and D games is like um, I hold of and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I uh, Pool of Radiance was the first one. It was yeah. that was when that was when the old blobber style of you know like Bard's Tale and and uh, Wizardry. It's when those kind of games started getting tactical combat built into them. So it's like a you know sort of it plays like Wizardry or or the Bard's Tale as you're exploring the the dungeons and the you know the towns. So you know. Your your party just moves as a blob and hex by hex, uh, square by square, and it's all on a grid on a, you know a sort of on a grid map, usually like a sixteen or thirty two by thirty two grid map. But when you come to the tactical combat, then it, it was one of the first games. It was one of the first RPGs that had tactical combat in it. I'd say apart from, and I don't mean you know obviously Wizardry had tactical combat technically, but I mean where you the game then goes into a different map style where you've got a where you can actually see each of your characters represented and you can move them positionally in relation to one another to attack monsters. Um, so actually, uh, Pool of Radiance and the Goldbox games, you know, as they're colloquially known, that came after those are absolutely excellent games. They, they're still very, very playable by today's standards. I just think it's kind of interesting, you know, because we're sort of talking about tactical RPGs. And um, while we're on the topic, just briefly, I've I've gone back to playing Jagged Alliance 2, uh, which oh, I've... Nice. I've <laughs> and I think that that game is... One of the best games ever made. And, do you, do you uh, really think it's the best game ever made it, it's today? One of the, or yeah. do you think, it, I think if someone would remake a real good version of it, that it would be an absolute world beater? Because I have tried it probably a few, fair few years ago now. I tried to play it again Ooh. and just could not get into it. I know that you use Grunty as your um, as your avatar there, Ben. <laughs> I do, yeah. I'll get Grunty. <laughs> I love that game. Uh, it's just I, I have to play it with a mod called V1 
0.13 mod, which adds loads more stuff. And just basically, it gives you um, uh, a wealth of setup options to be able to kind of tailor it to how you like it. But no, it's my fa- it's my favorite RPG stroke, you know, tactics game. I just think it it's the only game that I've played that really have to use real world military tactics. And it's kind of just fun as well, because it was a big budget game, I think, for Surtech in those, in, you know, Surtech Canada who made it. There's there's hundred there's nearly hundred mercs in it I think now they're all individually voiced they've all got their own line vo- dialogue lines they all interact with one another like some don't like others like it's the only game I know where you know when you make your character you get the option to like make them sexist or racist towards people yeah. <laughs> like and. Um, <laughs> Because certain characters won't play fair with, they don't like each other. And in fact, in the early Jagged, Jagged Alliance games, if you if you hired certain mercs together, one of them would kill the other one eventually. <laughs> like, it was it's kind of cool. So I don't know. So, I think that it's not yeah, it's nostalgia because I came I came to this game late. I mean, I didn't play Jagged Alliance until about three or four years ago. Oh really? And, um, okay. I just think it it's a grind because the, the the strategic maps it takes a long time to play, especially on V one point one three. If you ramp the difficulty up, you know it's you have to constantly take towns and retake them as there as the counter attacks come. And but it's great. You have to use real guerrilla. You have to use real guerrilla tactic. And there's there's no game like it. Um, and there have been many attempts to redo uh, Jagged Alliance, and they've all fallen flat because they just don't seem to have what made that original game good. Uh, it and had I a magic Jagged about Alliance... it when it came out, but I don't know. I, 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 playing it again now, um, it's like um, I, I try to play, for example, games like Master of Magic, like the old the old Master of Magic or Caster of Magic, which is probably the mm. you know the, the one that's been um, developed up uh, you know a fair, a fair amount and. I can play it for a little bit of time, and Jagged Alliance is the same sort of thing. It's just the graphics are way too old for me now. And um, sure. yeah, yeah, I have the same problem. Mm. Yeah, I like the graphics lose... in Jagged Alliance. I think with the uh, the one point one three mod, really, it ups the resolution of the game, so it actually looks pretty passable. I think if you played anything like the you know the, the sort of like Fallout to you know or anything like that, it looks kind of similar. Yeah, it's just one of those. I, that's what I've been I've been going back into. One more game. <laughs> My last game. Uh, I haven't played it a whole bunch, but um, I think, Daz, you've played this as well. Um, a, a game called Symphony of War, which is kind of like a Shining Force, sort of old school Fire Emblem type game, which I never played any of these games in the past because ne- I was never really into consoles. I never owned a, on, owned a console. Like, I played on mates' consoles and stuff, but I've been really enjoying that as well. Uh, so... Yeah, if you're into that sort of old school sort of um, <clears throat> tactical RPG, uh, well, it's not really. T- would you call it tactical? Because the battles are sort of auto battles. You sort of set your party up, and you sort of they sort of have the little. What's that game? There's another game like that. Cyrillim uh, Ultimate. Is it, is it like, I thought, No, is it? A, they're really popular Nintendo game. I thought, no, it's not Advance War. Something like that. Oh, it might be Advance War. Yeah, is it Advance War? Yeah, that's like a ta- yeah. that's kind of like a tactics game where, yeah, you you bump you when you attack a, an enemy, it just it's 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 based on Battle Isle. I don't know if you remember those from no. the nineties. Yeah, that was that so, was great. I, I always try to find um, Advance War and Battle Isle games, that, and again, that's another. Well, that's apparently another... they're releasing Advance War again soon, but for the PC, yeah. For the PC, um, okay, because they never there was a, there's been a few games that have been really really good adaptations of that one, and I don't think Symphony of War is like that. Uh, but oh, anyway, right. I, I do look for. Well, I know the, the sort of battle screen is kind of similar. From I've ne- I've never played Advance War again, so but 
yeah, it's that sort of thing where when you sort of go into the combat, it's sort of auto combat sort of thing. But yeah, I've just been really enjoying that. It's, the tactics play out more on the map than they do in the battles on that one. And yeah, yeah that's about yeah. it. No, what did you think of a, it, Daz? Yeah, that's a game that I thought was going to get better and better. That's a, it's like I'm just looking at it now on Steam. Actually, it's um, it's only just come out, and it's uh, it, it is it, that is an exceptional game. And you look at looking at it there, it's overwhelmingly positive. Uh, for all reviews and for recent reviews, and there's, there's a lot of them, and it's very rare to see a game that is scores um, such just such high, like ninety six percent there for Steam user reviews. It's just incredible, and yeah, it, actually it is. I'm just looking at it now. I've actually forgotten what was in it, but I do remember now playing it and thinking, "Wow, this is such a good game." Um, and again, it's one of those games that I, I just didn't spend enough time with, but it's really, really cool game uh, to play. And um, uh, yeah, this it's. I agree with you. I think it, it is actually advanced advanced war sort of style, very much so. Yeah, just looking at yeah, it right now. Yeah, I think the problem, I think why it's so popular is, A, of course, it's been done very well, but um, that style of game has uh, been starved on the PC. And, um, yeah, so finally we've actually got that sort of style of game for the PC. And yeah, as I said, yeah. now Advanced Wars coming out on the PC, a new version. So, yeah. I didn't know that. I think that. you can I actually play Advanced War online as well. I'm sure I saw that the other day. I'll have to look that up. It was a Game Boy Advance game, and then they it was ported to the DS, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Switch version now. But that's that was a really good game. There is a there, there is actually... Drexy, you bought me a copy of a game a while ago, which was... Uh, thank you, by the way, but there was a... What was that? I can't remember. You, you gifted me a copy of a game that is basically Advance War, except on PC. And it's got a blue-haired woman as the... Uh, that's, that is Symphony of War. It's not Symphony of War, no. She's got blue hair. Yeah, okay. well, they all have blue hair. Oh, right. Wargroove. No, I'm, talk- I'm talking oh, yeah, about Wargroove. Oh, yeah, yes. Wargroove. That's the, that's yes. the, I was trying to think of that one as well. That's a that's also very, very good in that sort of sense. I've got yeah. that. I've not played it very much yet, but that, that looks really cool. Basically, I was like, oh, this is Advanced War, except Fantasy. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. that was popular. For, apparently, that's got like sort of on um, PvP, but apparently it sort of died to death. I don't, I can't remember why, but yeah. But yeah. I think Symphony's a lot better. No, I just, uh, I do remember that game. I don't have it installed on my computer at the moment, but it, it was a game that I did enjoy a lot. I think that they've had a recent update on that one too, as well. Um, I think. But I may be wrong about that as well. Yeah, a one point oh one. Was that Chucklefish that put that one together? That sounds about right. Yeah, uh, let me just have yeah. a look. They had some good games. Yes, it is Chucklefish. Yeah, um, it's, it, you can tell from the graphic style. They have they have a very sort of specific kind of game that they seem to publish. Uh, mm. Like you know, they yeah. really like their games with retro graphics. I'd like to turn to Richard because I'm interested to know what games Richard has been playing recently because. Um, you've been you've been sort of like both delving into the into the retro you know the classic bangers as you call them. I think and you've also been playing war games too. So yeah, it's a, oh it's been a bit of a mixed bag, but you know more probably onto my channel than anything else. Because um, I'm a, Ben, you know how much of a slivering uh, fan I am, and of course the the main stay which I play is of course Field of Glory two. Uh, well, you actually stream for Slytherin, don't you? As a community streamer, and also Daz does as well. Uh, yeah, Daz is part of that crew. Uh, you know what? It's it, a chance, and this is caused for the non-players who don't know what Field of Glory two is. So, if you're a ta- if you're a tabletop player, it it brings it back to digital for me. Uh, this is why probably I'm I play it so much is because I play tabletop, and it recreates that without having to 
paint a million models and push them across the field. Did you actually uh, play Field of Glory as a tabletop game, Richard? I, I, ha- I, have, I have dabbled in it, but uh, this is, of course, probably getting a little bit niche. Um, there's a game called DBA. Uh, I think it's 3.0, uh, which is a better version uh, of a tabletop game. And there's probably lots of war gamers nodding the head right now about this game. I'll tell you now, you just get into a, a territory of nicheness. This is unfortunately what you do. But I think, like I said, Field of Glory 2, The Rise of the Switch, which is the current DLC, the newest DLC for the medieval saga, uh, which I think is an amazing game. And, I, and I, of course, I'm always going to speak highly of the game because I think probably one thing we've touched tonight is uh, replayability with games. Yeah. Because some, I think a lot of games can get a lot of, it's just repeats, repeats, repeats. And I find with Field of Glory, for me anyway, personally, no game is the, uh, no game is the same. No, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I think it's it's uh, just one of those exceptional games, isn't it, really? Just the the way it's all been done. Cause that, uh, and the modelling as well. Like, and you mentioned like the Rise of the Swiss. I mean, the, I was just blown away by the, um, the different game mechanics that they brought in with that. Did, I mean, you've played a lot more than what I have, but... Uh, that was just phenomenal um, this, to actually sort of how is battle it different, guys? things. How is it different? There's a lot of just more textures with the medieval stuff. There's a lot more what goes into it, which I think they, they did a uh, Home of Wargamers on it uh, with a couple of the devs and looking at some of the models. But there's some of the, uh, the I think this is me digressing a little bit. Um, and this is probably looking at the back catalogue games of Tin Soldiers, which I think I meant, I, meant, I showed, I told you about this, Ben, where the, one of the uh, devs actually commented on a video I did for it, where previously, back in the day, they used to take pictures of models and then upload them up to the computer to play with. Oh, then, right. Okay. And it is, uh, it's, it's like a niche of niche that I'm talking here. Stuart, did you want to say something? Yeah, I'm, I was playing that for a while because I'm quite in, interested in that sort of period, the, especially the ancient uh, history thing. I haven't got the medieval DLC, but I really, I've never actually played any sort of uh, war games like that or any, even computer versions. But what I've enjoyed about that, that was kind of my game that I would come home for work and I could play it in one sitting. I could play a, a battle in one sitting. It's, so it's not a get, it's not like a 4X game where you have to sort of commit hours and hours and then save the game and and then you, oh, you don't fancy coming back to it. So what I really enjoyed about that game is, yeah, you could play probably a battle in, what, 20, 30 minutes at the most. So, yeah, I really need to actually get back to that. It was kind of my sort of... Uh, quick play really enjoyable game and it's actually i'm making it sound really simple but it is actually quite deep and i'm not very good at it but uh yeah there's just a lot of stuff like flanking and stuff like that but it's definitely especially if you haven't got a lot of time and you just want a good sort of war game definitely pick it up i would say yeah, Field of Glory 2 is absolutely amazing. It's one of my favorite games. I think it's one of the best. I mean, I, I class it as a tactics game. That's how I kind of examine it. And I think, you know, it's it's on the hardcore side of, of the difficulty setting with regards to tactics games. You do really need to read the manual, I think. Um, it has got excellent... <laughs> you don't need to, but I mean, like the, the AI is actually really good in the game. Mm. I, I rate the AI in, um, in Field of Glory. I don't know if Richard would because he's a I... hardcore... I would, and like I said, I will say I I've played that game for years, and I, I, and I'd rate myself as a keen amateur still because I know there's lots of people and on especially the digital leagues. I have dabbled and actually won one of the 
I think one of the biblical divisions. I actually, uh, Richard, my you're, you're being you're being way, way, way too humble uh, here. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I am a keen amateur. I'll tell you now because I'm, no, no, I, you're beyond that. Uh, I, I am a keen amateur because I I do watch other people play, and there's some amazing players out there that I literally would still just. I probably am being a little bit humble. I want to have fun. Yeah. That's the main yeah. thing I play. I want to have fun. I don't want to. I don't want to play a game where I'm going to go. Oh, my wounds could get cleared up. I want to chuck a couple of troops on the roll some dice and have a good laugh with my opponent. Yeah. And literally, but I, sorry, think that, I was I just going to agree game. with you that that's what I enjoyed about it. It's a lot of fun, and it's just not a massive commitment like War needs to. <laughs> Well, that, I'll tell you what about the um, Field of Glory that I that struck me. This is the thing that I would say to people if they asked me to say just one thing about it. You never know that you've won until the end. Like, even yes. if it looks like you're yeah. absolutely trouncing the enemy, it can suddenly go all wrong for you. And that's not... To, it, there's a heavily randomized content, uh, you know, it's, it's based around dice rolls, but the same players consistently win, all right? So it's not. It's like Blood Bowl. It's not just luck. You have to be... You that's have a good to analogy. You have to stack the odds in your favor, and the best players consistently win. Uh, I love Field of Glory; it's amazing. I've never ever started a game of that that I've not finished. And like Drexy said, you can play yeah. it like a single player game. You can play through in about forty minutes. Can um, I ask Richard a quick question? What is it that makes you keep coming back to the game? That's it's it's probably uh, two things: it's history and having fun. And I can play with. And of course, this is of course big enough slivering. It's the play by email system. I hated play by email until. I played some Slytherin titles, which use that system. And I'm a massive fan of it now because I've got lots of people across the internet that I play in Australia, America, Canada, and doesn't matter where they are in the world, I could just send turns off at different times of the day and they're going to get it. And like I said, I'm, I, it converted me. Like I said, just having fun and the history. I've learned so much more about history playing these games. I'm thinking, oh, I actually want to read more about this. I want to learn more about it. And then it just gets that kind of, uh, especially when you're in streaming of the games as well, when you've got so many people in that room invested in the history and, of course, then the devs in, invested in the history and it just creates this, I'll take an experience it creates this experience for everybody involved in the game and of course people playing it watching it and everything everybody involved with it that's the best way i could probably describe it yeah i, I agree with you on the history because it's also that uh thing that you have that what if this army from this period fights this army from a couple hundred years later who never actually faced each other in the real world but you can actually have them face each other and see how it's all goes like i said i'm really interested in that sort of period of one it's yes yeah, that what if and you can sort of test which which army sort of how this greek army stacks up against the persians or whatever does and i were actually started to record a um a sort of versus series and we didn't finish it for some reason i can't remember what it was for now i think it might have been it might have been a promotional thing for Slytherin, if I remember right. That we never, we never no, finished no, it in was, the end. It was just, um, I think that you set up your forces really badly, and then you just rage quit, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How dare you out me, sir? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not sh- <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I don't, we just, uh, we just went on to other things. I think it, it was sort of I one of those you, things I think, where. Uh, I think you were away for a bit, actually. You were, yeah. you were, you had to go away for a while, and then we didn't, we didn't pick it up. But I'd like to actually do something like that again because that was really good fun. Because actually, Daz was sort of like help, giving me help as well. Because I've played that multiplayer, and uh, there's um, I, there's a guy that I, I'm an Australian guy that I play um, that Richard also plays with as well. 
uh, that I also play Shadow Empire with. Me, me and him were playing Field of Glory, and he sh- he's really good at it, and he was showing me, you know, the ropes. But actually, it was great playing with with Daz because Daz, because we were both watching both sides of the battle, right? It, you know, we, and we were it, rather rather than kind of playing it highly competitively. Uh, we were both watching one another play each other's turn, so it was like a it was almost like playing a tutorial, but it was really interesting because we you know Daz was able to kind of go okay I can see what you're doing there here's what might be better you know and it really it showed me some of the nuances of the game because well Richard and I've you, played my... that way as well like I've mm. I've learned so much from playing Richard with those open that open sort of style and it's um, it's a fun way to play it I agree it's it's a really fun way to play it it's very much like I don't know if you've ever played. A war game and you've played both sides yourself i never thought that would be interesting at all but it is i mean the john tiller software games have got famously sort of you know dodgy ai i'd say some of them are better than others the napoleonics games particularly where the uh, the ai isn't that great but if you play if, as a single player if you play both sides so you play from one side and then you try to beat you know yourself as playing from the other that is actually a really a really interesting way of playing these games and it's well recommended actually in the wargaming communities that you do so and it kind of reminded me of that a little bit you know where but it's almost like both of us were playing both sides in a sense you know and trying to get our heads around you know what what is the best move to do in this particular situation and it opens the game up from being a purely you know competitive thing where you're just trying to win at all costs into a learning experience it's also kind of fun as well I don't know. Yeah, I, think think it's, I think it makes better content as well for video uh, because um, people can actually then look at it as as a um, because there's a discussion about the situation. I, I think that that works for a recording. I think it works incredibly well because you're actually both discussing something that everyone's looking at. I'll just tell you a couple of other games that I'm uh, in playing at the moment. I'm playing the Strategic Command American Civil War. I don't know if anyone's touched on that. I think did you t- have you touched on it, Daz, at all? I've uh, started it, but I haven't really. Spent much time with it, but it looks it, it, it looks really good. It's another. I mean, there's been some disagreement with putting the American Civil War onto the Street Command, uh, you know, function. But I've really actually enjoyed it, and it is a huge, huge game coming from the Second World War and the First World War from the series. It is just. I mean, I've learned so much about American. As I talked about Field of Glory two and learning about history, the same thing would be playing American Civil War. I've learned even more about the American Civil War, and also that I don't know much about the American Civil War. We don't learn about it at all at school. Like I don't, yeah. I know nothing yeah. about it. I mean, we don't learn about that, that much in history now, anyway. But I mean, like, I, I know. It was funny. I was talking about this game on Explorminate, and somebody asked if anyone had played it. And the only thing that I'd heard about it was on a Facebook group that I'm randomly on. Some guy did a review of it, and he said he wasn't sure if the the scale of strategic command really translated very well to the lower to the you know the kind of brigade level stuff that was going on in the civil war and actually eric rutins uh, of matrix and slytherin popped onto the channel to say uh i guess he was defending his game a little but he was like actually it works we we are aware of that kind of limitation but we feel that the game was actually really well done in that respect we tried our best to make it so that that you know that that sort of technical limitation between the game system and the period that it was modeling still had you know it was still accurate as possible to the way that the tactics of the you know the strategic side and the tactics of that napoleonic style war was actually played and i need to have a look at it because i think eric rutins knows what he's talking about with these games and every game that he's made pretty much is really really good uh particularly war in these two is an unbelievably good game so yeah i'd like to have a look at that i mean what what do you think of it so far rich i've really enjoyed it and i've actually uh, gone both feet in and 
got a couple of multiplayer uh, games going, but also I've even bigger. I've played the previous titles, so I've got some. I've got some functionality. I know most of the functionalities of the game, um, and I've actually joined the tournament as well to to just go full full into it. And it's 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 actually really in depth. And the fact that it's just it reminds me always scout because it can go horribly wrong horribly horribly wrong but I, <laughs> it is <laughs> but that goes about that's every game really but even more so uh in Street command but i i've really enjoyed it as a, as a whole but it's just another time investment for me as well because uh, uh especially you can sit there playing you, you could sit there for 10 minutes half an hour just playing one turn and looking at every single movement and i've got to say there's people play it even better than me and i watch them my word i wish i thought of that five years ago but of course then especially with the american civil war you've got the diplomacy side where bringing europe into the war uh, and stuff like that and supply and research and there's so much like strings pulling in the game that you it just makes it into like a spider web of a game and of, you know if you really like that thing it's it's well worth the investment in your time that sounds great it does sound really really good i wanted to mention a couple of the classic bangers you were talking about before go ahead yes yeah. i've gone back to the probably heyday of my rts real-time strategy games so I'll, I'll shout a couple of titles off so we've been playing some empire earth total annihilation if you know oh, yeah. that one. that's um, the first game empire i ever bought earth on the pc was a version of total wasn't that connect same devs or something it's amazing. Empire yeah. Earth, I think Gold Edition, and there's Empire Earth 3. I'm not entirely sure which one I enjoy more, but I think Empire of Gold Edition is one where I'm like, yeah, actually, that's actually a really good game. But also, we we'll mentioned at the start of the stream, the original Dawn of War series, which are solid. And I will say, if you do go back to the games, uh, Dawn of War series, the originals, please install the mods. They make it a lot nicer, which yeah. we've, we've realised. It's uh, oh. it's the, the the big one is the camera zoom out mod because on a modern system you zoomed it feels like you zoomed in way too much compared to modern RTS games. So I'm crap at RTS now. I got to be honest. I <laughs> I, I don't think I've got the. I, I suppose I have got the reactions to do it because I used to be a professional juggler. It's not that I find them dead stressful. Hang <laughs> so on, hang on, hang on. What? <laughs> professional <laughs> I, I, juggler. Hang on. We I can't was a professional juggler for, for years. Yeah. So who's this juggler? <laughs> Oh, juggalo, yeah. <laughs> Come on, tell us, Ben, what's what's this all about? What were you doing? Were you in a circus? What is a juggalo? No, I used to work. Yeah, I was. A, I worked um, with a circus group in the in England for for years, and wow. uh, and I was. Uh, I dressed up as a giant crab as part of a pirate band and <laughs> toured around the. Uh, I, I'm sure I've, t- I've told you all that before. I used to be in a, a pirate band called Seas of Mirth, uh, who are actually doing really well at the moment. And I was, uh, yeah, I was a. So I did sort of like juggling stuff for them and I was like the hype man basically. So I dressed up as a pirate and they did a song about a giant crab attacking this ship. So I dressed up as a giant crab and threw myself around like half naked wrestling with what with a with a big pirate and it was just like it was like WWF stuff, WWE, whatever they call it now. So yeah, it was just just fun really. But yeah, I so anyway, I don't know how that translates to RTS, but I, I am actually well, uh, you were I, trying to you were trying to explain how you used to have really really good reflexes, and that was, uh, yeah, well, no, because me and Dad were talking about maybe you got to put that we crab t- suit back on again. <laughs> maybe so, yeah. Maybe maybe it's the crab that's missing, uh, you know. Uh, but like, yeah, because Dad and I were saying a while about that, we we both feel a bit too old to play kind of like yeah. twitchy games now, like RTS. Yeah, I don't like and, I'm the same. Um, but um, so Richard and I playing Dawn of War the other night was actually interesting because. I can still do the 
the fast paced stuff actually the issue what stresses me out about it is just having to to go from that turn-based mindset to go back to real time is actually quite hard to do and i think the older you get the more difficult it becomes so you know it's, it's i can still 360 one shot people in an fps but do i want to I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm gonna make a statement that might piss a lot of people off but i actually enjoy the dawn of world war two games a lot more than dawn of war one no, they're very different. I think yeah. Dawn of War Two was the start of the, you know, the, the kind of Dota style. I don't know what do you call those kind of games. Uh, Mobas. Mobas. Yeah, I don't like Mobas. I'm not interested in them at all. But um, I, I like, was actually I like... watching Dota before we <laughs> joined this podcast. <laughs> it's really funny because there are certain games. I'm sure you guys will agree with me. I don't actually. I'll, are... I'll say I don't actually play Dota Two, but I enjoy watching it. Because That's what it's Lucid said, quite didn't he? Do you remember Lucid Tech? Lucid oh, Tactics said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Lucid said he, he doesn't really play much Dota, but he really enjoys watching you know people who are good at it. I'm like that with um, Su- Supreme Commander. So that's my favourite RTS. Um, we'll play so that next, Ben. I think we'll I'll find that with next. that. With, the, uh, with, with those, when you are watching people who are good at it, I don't know how they get their peripheral vision. To, I don't know how they can focus on the mini-map and still focus on what they're doing to be able to... I don't. Uh, that just, I just can't can't do it. I, I'm, a, I'm a very... Um, sort of like middle of the middle of the screen i miss anything that's sort of not right in the very middle of the screen subcom was the first game where i realized that you really want two screens you need one screen for the uh for the zooming out and playing it you know at the at the kind of strategic level and then you have the the zoomed in screen for actually making your orders and if you actually watch like um, any there, there are some really good casters who play who who actually you know commentate like sports commentators on on supreme commander games and, and all these rts games actually dota and all that and man when you watch people who are what, what, the question i was going to ask you guys was do you do you also have games that you kind of prefer to play more than you sorry you prefer to watch other people play occasionally more than you actually prefer to play mine is mine is rts stuff well like i said though I've, I've been watching there's a major championship going on uh, over in America at the moment, there's yeah, it's just really exciting. I mean, I do play a bit of League of Legends, which is like the the budget cut down, simple, easy version. <laughs> and I don't even play the main game. I play what's called all mid, all random, which is just one lane. And there's no kidding. Well, there are creeps, but you don't have to focus on stuff like you get money really easy and stuff. It's just more about fighting, but. I don't watch League of Legends. I think League of Legends is actually crap. <laughs> but I just play it with a mate because it's a bit of a, it's a good laugh. But Dota is, yeah, it's just the crazy reactions of these guys is amazing. The team fights, you just like, it's like watching a football match. Oh, really? I'm yeah. sat here, I'm I'm sat here it, cheering. But... I've got a team I really enjoy called OG and... They're actually playing at the moment. Uh, missing it to be with you guys, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, <laughs> sorry to put you out. <laughs> you told me one a.m. Although it's past one a.m. now, but uh, yeah, I just it's just mad. See, the thing with Dota is um, that's very different to League of Legends. Is you have what's called a picking and banning phase, where you you have this sort of mind game, and you they they study each other and they know what people uh, are good at. So they try to ban those heroes and then they see them pick something and they sort of think, hmm, what works well with this? Because you, you go through a picking phase, like uh, one team picks uh, one hero and then uh, the other team picks. So you've got to try and work out what their game plan is. Oh, okay. Uh, so you, you try to make, and then you get to ban after every pick. 
so you, they start to try to ban to like stop them making a certain team composition. So, so it's it kind of really, like a meta game going around. Yeah, it, there's a, you know. See, in League of Legends, the picking and ban phase probably takes a couple minutes. In Dota, it could take up to like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's how deep, how much deeper Dota is compared to League of Legends. Yeah, so it, in, in, in that sense, there is like a strategic element to it that's not turn-based, sorry, that's not real-time uh, yeah. with, the, with the setup even. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You you can't just pro. Oh, I just play my favorite hero. Over when once you get to the pro levels, you've got to be able to coordinate all the abilities. See what you have really. You have like, of course, it's five players. So you have maybe like a. I don't know what. You sure you want me to go through this? But uh, <laughs> go for but it, maybe mate. You um, have like your carries. You mate. It's most like two carries, maybe three carries, and a couple supports. And apparently, I, I don't play it, but apparently the supports is actually meant to be like one of the hardest positions because that's where a lot of the uh, CC and protection spells and stuff like that are for you to sort of assist your carry. So you really they're getting the ones into that have of, to be observant of the map, the mini map. It's really or getting into you, the sort of level of uh, of kind of like real sports, isn't it? I mean, esports now. Yeah. You're, the, like, I don't know what you're talking about at all, but it's, to me it sounds like... <laughs> When I I used to go down the pub and my mates would all be talking about football. Like I'm just not, you know, soccer. Sorry, yeah, to anybody who's not from the UK. Yeah, I hate like, football. So, so. <laughs> I'm not really interested in soccer. I, I, I can I can enjoy a game. I, I actually used to like playing it because I'm quite athletic. Yeah, I was the same. I, it was I was all right playing it, but I everybody could not in watch it. everybody in England plays soccer, even if you don't yeah. care about the game. Like you know, but like listening to my friends talk about soccer and they'd be talking about like, you know, the management side of it and getting well into it and the politics and all this. And I'd be like, I kind of, I could see why people get really involved in it. And it, it feels like esports are kind of getting to that level now, really, where yeah. they're really, it's really starting to mimic, you know, but aren't we actually technically a group of esportsmen, the four of us? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Can we put well, ourselves I mean, in that category? I, I kind of played early esports. I was like a huge Quake player. I played in, leagues and stuff and stuff like that early on when i was young and i was able to play those sort of games but <laughs> yeah i was a call of duty, was a call of duty league <laughs> well, yeah. Uh. so yeah i was quite high up in uh quake 3 i was uh, quite quite a well-known team and stuff like that back in the day but yeah i couldn't dream of playing it anymore <laughs> God, i used to play myth the fallen lords i don't know if you guys can remember that that's a really no. old that's that was before uh before Dawn of War 2, it was almost like very it's an RTS where you've got a, a limited number of units, so it's very much like kind of Dota, I guess. But I used to play that with a competitive, you know, in a competitive way when I was that was the first game I ever played on a dial-up modem playing multiplayer. It must have been 1999, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Long, yeah. long, long game, a long time ago. But to to answer does, yeah, I guess we we do all do esports. I think Rich is probably the closest because he's quite a high level field of glory two player i played dominions but that's another game that i kind of like watch watching people who are good at it rather than playing yeah. it myself because i'm competitive I've, I've been playing more dominions multiplayer recently and i've realized that my my interest kind of starts dropping off once it gets into the late game when you've got to really spend a long time every day on playing it and that's when the role play aspect kicks in that's why i like playing i like playing dominions with with a role play aspect to it because Me too, um, yeah. it becomes very very involved at that stage yeah, I prefer it in single player. Actually, I'm one of those weirdos who prefers Dominion single player than <sighs> multiplayer. Because I've I've realised this that I love I do love to play it multiplayer with people, but um, sometimes the pace of it, especially just with real yeah. life stuff going on, yeah, well, you're like gonna it, you're I, gonna I, devote months and months to play a game. Yeah, 
Well, even the turns, you... turns take can take an hour or something like that. Well, well, but, then, but then if you're actually got multiplayer, the turns will take a week, like because yeah, you, yeah. you you submit your turn and then you've got like a you're waiting for everyone else. And I guess you know, with, with people who are starting to lose, they they start to sort of uh, drag the heels a little bit. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but cool. even just playing your own turn, I, 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 sometimes I spend like two hours. <laughs> working at a turn and I've yeah. sort of disconnected from the server and then I've sat down and watching TV or something or YouTube and then it starts going through my head I log back on and I change all the yeah. orders oh, I can't play that yeah, game anymore it's, it's just uh, too much it's so time consuming <laughs> this is why Lucid's taken a big break I, I, I know he's not playing Dominions anymore and um, he was saying he's just thinking about it all the time, like thinking about mm. it when he's supposed to be doing yeah. other stuff. When, yeah, that's like, a big problem. And Maryland as well, another big YouTuber, you know, who plays Dominions, he says the same. He goes, you know, like you're thinking about it at night. It's like, you know, the last thing you think about when you go to bed and when you wake up, you're like, oh, I, bet I, I could do, I could do my turn better. And I think when uh, that's the kind of, like, I, I'm a bit of a game addict. I, do you think, it, hold on, what do you think it'd be better if it was played by email where you just had to send your turn off? Like in the, when it was, was it Llama servers? And you couldn't change your turn because now you go via the server, you can always log back. As long as the turn hasn't rolled, you can yeah. always log back on and mm. change stuff. I think that's, that's actually been a bigger problem now, the way it's played nowadays. Where you can I actually. Think I think it's okay, actually. I, I don't mind that uh, because um, quite often you'll put your turn in and think, oh my God, I've, I've screwed this up, you know, and so you very quickly have to sort of reload it up again yeah but doing it that way like like ben was saying you're you're constantly you sort of wake up and if the turn hasn't rolled before you go to work you, you're going going back in and changing something and yeah. it, you come too too involved in it really the way it's played now one of the best uh, dominions games that i played multiplayer was actually with Rick, when we when my friend simon and i were teaching richard how to play and uh, do you remember that game we played, Richard? The three of the, us, the three kings shall rise. The three kings, yeah. <laughs> so we we basically picked three teams. Uh, three. We played a disciples game. I think it was disciples. And then uh, Richard, uh, Simon, and myself. We 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 went with. I can't remember who we're playing now, but then we just had to set a load of AI factions as teams against each other. And we ended up losing in the end because we, we set the difficulty a bit too high. But that was one of the best times I've had with Dominions. So I, I think the competitive, like the game is fun if you're playing really competitively. Although I find the diplomacy can be a little bit intense sometimes. Uh, but I, I like, I don't know, Daz, do you, do you still play multiplayer at all? Or? Uh, look, it's, it's such an investment in time that I, and I, like, I will only ever take it on if I, if I really know I've got nothing much going on for months at a time. And sure. so I'm, I've got zero interest in doing it at the, mo- at the moment. There's too many good yeah. games coming out. Yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. I like, I'm, I just like playing single player now. And yeah, I've, been play- I've been doing a, a single player series on YouTube at the moment. And uh, I've actually had quite a lot of people watching, which I was really surprised at. I didn't, um, I didn't think that that many people would be interested in Dominions five as a single player game. And I tried to approach it as, Hey, look, it's not going to be multiplayer. You've got to accept that. But Dominions five has a charm as a single player game. And if you approach it in the right way, especially like that's what you were saying, you know, if you approach it from almost like a role playing aspect and don't, you know, don't use all the sort of gamey, exploity sort of things that you're doing in multiplayer game just just play with all the toys that you've got to play with and i mean mm. if you approach it like that and you know you kind of you know obviously when it starts getting difficult use all the skills that you've got but just play it as a as a fun game and it's like a really really wonderful sandbox experience in that respect yeah like i think i agree with you with that i think it's um it is one of those things so many games i think become unapproachable for people because of the min maxing and i find that 
most games are so much more fun when you forget about min-maxing what you're playing and just have fun with it. Um, Dwarf Fortress is a classic. Like Dwarf yes. Fortress, you can play on any area on any map, basically, except for, except the water, and have a really good fun time with it, no matter how easy or hard it actually is. Uh, I completely but, agree, yeah. Yeah, but people get so caught up in trying to find the absolute best tile on the whole world <laughs> to play that so sort of games. And Dominions is a bit like that as well. Like, I mean, you... It's it's great to see people who can really sort of pull things out of the hat, you know, with Dominions. But uh, the fun for me is just, you know, like I'm with you, Ben. I think just having having fun with the actual game itself. I think that's been the problem with 4X games with me lately and why I've kind of fallen out with them because, yeah, I've got to the point where I was like wanting to min-max everything and looking up stuff and it's just playing for fun, you know. I was just trying to play... <laughs> as optimal as possible it's kind of ruined that genre for me at the moment i'm actually writing an article once i've finished the article i'm working on at the moment rob and i are both um, we're working on an article for the site about forex the state of forex games right now and as part of that i want to kind of talk a little bit about some of the perceived issues that forex has as a genre and you know including things like you know the late game grind uh, all this kind of stuff and it's really got me thinking about games in a very different way and just quickly i think like because we've, we've not really talked a lot about forex games so before we finish it might be nice to just talk about forex a little bit considering we are supposed to be a forex site one of the community members um a guy called ecolis who i play games with from time to time he came up with a blog post years ago about 10 years ago now discussing I think it was sort of like it was a fun experiment to try to see if you could classify gamers in the in the same classifications as the four X's from four X. So, are you like an explore an exploiter or an expander, exterminator or a, um, explorer? So he said explorers were kind of people who played games just to kind of see what you know to see what they had you know in, see what they could find within the game and trying to find all the game mechanics and you know enjoying the game to sort of like you know to see what's in it and see what it does and then you had what he called it the expanders and the expanders are the people who wanted like kind of like playing the game on the hardest difficulty setting and had to finish it you know like those people who instantly put the games on the on the maximum size map and you know played it to to absolutely to completion and then he, uh, the, for Exploiter, he was talking about what I call min-maxers. So these are people who sit down with a calculator and kind of figure out the, you know, the air quotes, most efficient way to play the game. And, you know, engineering type people it's, love this it's kind of thing. It's totally not me. No, that's not uh, me at all. Like, like, I'm, look, I, I, I studied computer science and so I sh that should be me. Like I, Wait, know, I, did an me. <laughs> I, I did an engineering degree. Like, I've done an engineering degree. That should be me, but I'm not. I just, as soon as I have to start number crunching, to the point of it becoming like work because that's what it is basically i play games to wind down from that crap so like, the last thing i want to do when i'm playing games is to start doing maths and you know and but whereas eric for example tortuga power he loves that he told me he doesn't even he he doesn't like playing games until he's worked out how to play them like you know and wh what he means by that is he likes to work out all the most efficient ways and that's great by the way i'm not slamming any of these types of thing i'm just saying no, it's, it's actually it really, really interesting actually it's a really interesting take on, on what it's was, really what was the fourth one and the ex fourth one was exterminators, and there are people who like to win at all costs. So they're people who have to win the game, you know, and they have to, they kind of, you know, especially multiplayer games, they, they, they're they ruthless and they just want to win. And I, I think that it was a really, you know, it's just a fun thing, a fun way of approaching these things. But mm. particularly when you described the exploiter, you know, as being the kind of like the min-maxer thing, I, I find that I've, I've talked about this quite a lot, especially in relation to things like games like Shadow Empire, where I feel that sometimes 
the min like when min maxes get their their hands on game design they often make games that don't always feel that fun for people who like sandboxy experiences and then the opposite is sort of true so then lucid and i uh, and drexy we did a podcast on um the idea of forex game uh, of strategy gaming in general being this kind of like polar thing between at one end you've got like sandboxy games you know the extreme of which i guess would be something like sim city where you know there's very little kind of direction but you've given you're given this toy box within which to kind of make your own story and then at the other end you've got kind of games that are very puzzle oriented you know so i guess games like oh what's that war game that anyway so you can't think things like panzer cores i guess where where you know there often is an optimal way to to complete a map and well, the original the, Panzer you know, Corps and the and the new Panzer Corps are two very different games. The original oh, Panzer Corps was a puzzle game. That's all it was. I, I'm trying to remember the name. There's a Slytherin game that came out recently that is um, very much it's it's a kind of World War II tactics era game that's like Panzer Corps. Is it Unity uni of Command? That's it. Yeah, Unity. Yeah, thank you. That's, everyone uni- calls like a, basically a puzzle game. Almost. It is like a puzzle game. Yeah. yeah right. So uh, so you've got games. You know, between those two sort of most strategy games fit somewhere between those two kind of paradigms, right? You know, some games are more pressure-based and some games are more sandboxy. And I think my favorite games are two are the ones that kind of mix the two in, you know, in a nice blend. So, I mean, Daz was talking about Dwarf Fortress, which is the ultimate sandbox game, really. But it's also very pressure-based because, I mean, you know, if you're surviving one year into a Dwarf Fortress game, then you're doing well, right? Because unless you're a, like, hardcore like Daz, I mean... How many um, how many people do you know who actually played Dwarf Fortress and like really play longer than a year into the game? Like, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, it's uh, it's a game. I it's, when you were classifying those four different classifications, I definitely would put myself in the explorer phase. Me um, too. Yeah, I I'm, love I'm too. the setups of games. I love the the initial <laughs> seeing what's around you, and then I lose interest. And Dwarf Fortress mm. for me, because of the world generation, is uh, and same with uh, like the other one, Shadow Empire, like the. The uh, planet generation in Shadow Empire and the the world generation in um, in Dwarf Fortress are the best that I've seen in any games, and I just I just love that aspect of it. Actually, another game that I used to love, just starting the game up and having a look around without actually playing it at all, was Europa Universalist, the original one. Yeah, I think I need to become more of an explore, explorer than because ex- I'm definitely an explorer. Because uh, little confession, I used to play Eve Online, and. Uh, I've never used spreadsheets in my life, but playing that game, <laughs> I, I learned how to use spreadsheets. So I'm pretty good with spreadsheets now. I got to the point where I made a spreadsheet where it produced graphs of different weapons and the damage they would do at different ranges and which was the <laughs> optimal weapon at each range. That's how, how much of a min-max I am. And I think that's probably why I've, I've sort of... I've got to maybe I've got to the age where I just don't have the time or the brain brain power to do that anymore, and I really need to switch. Even when I was playing like Divinity and Celesta, I was like studying builds and shit like that. My friend was just like, yeah, oh, he just made the build on the spot. So <laughs> I think that yeah, definitely right. There's definitely different players, and I think I need to sort of shift my play style to start enjoying these games again. I think one you you actually touched on something, Drexy, a while back that is critical to being an explorer, and that is don't use guides until you really need them. Because I think part of the reason why, this is another thing I want to put in my article, I think part of the reason why people are getting 4X game fatigue is because we've seen it all before to some extent. And part of that is because, you know, 
most of the games that we're playing are based on either Master of Orion, Master of Magic, or Civ. And, you know, they're, they're the three, they're the templates for the three games, you know, genres of, for the three sub-genres in Forex that we've got. Yeah, there are other stuff, you know, things like Galsiv and, you know, whatever. But um, I think that if you explore these games yourself, if you've got the time to do that, and that's another thing, by the way, the Forex community are generally speaking older. And most of us have got jobs and families and that kind of thing. So it's tempting to want to use okay let me frame it this way you've played all the other games before you've played master of orion etc to death right so you want to play a new forex game well you need to find one that is different enough to the ones you already played to be interesting but because you've got a job and you know kids to look after then you 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 kind of don't have the time to go, to go and read a big long manual and learn how to play them from scratch so you go and watch a, a tutorial of somebody who's figured it all out for you by the end of it what's left I think that's that's this is a real I've big problem. I've actually watched uh, like tutorials, stroke let's plays to learn a game, and ended up not playing the game in the end because I've sat there for five hours watching someone else playing it. It's yeah. ridiculous, yeah. really. Ruined dist- <laughs> it ruined Distant Worlds universe for me. I've got to be honest with you because I love that game, but then as soon as I found out that there was like an you know air quotes optimum way of you know setting up a station or setting up this once i'd figured that stuff out what's the point in that whole sandbox existing if somebody's already min maxed you know all the fun out of it and that's why uh, i like I disagree Empire. with that see i find that like distant, distant worlds universe and distant worlds as well i think distant worlds isn't as as wild as distant worlds universe was but the thing i loved about distant worlds universe was that you didn't know what was going to come at you and that's um true. like it was and so even if you did know how to min max different ship designs and things like that it would um it would still just it would still just be something that you know that you still didn't know what was going to come and uh i i love that about that game and Distant Worlds 2 doesn't quite have that it's like it's not quite there yet with it but i think it will ultimately oh by the way i really wanted to ask you this does um what is your opinion on distant worlds 2 now at the stage that it's at it still hasn't got any of the quality or not it's just not any or it still hasn't got a lot of the quality of life uh additions to it and i know that they will bring them in Actually, it's interesting. I think that they're going to be looking at trying to get all of the bug fixing 100% before they start to implement. Like I know that some of the changes in the um, quality of life things have actually already been built. They're ready to go. They just haven't put them in because they don't want to have that come in on top of the bug fixing. And so and I, th- I think bug fixing might be a bit of a, like I, don't, I think that, that might be an unfair term to use with with the state that they're in. They really are. The, if it's not bugs as such, but they're just trying to sort of get the game to play as smoothly as possible, and then they're going to start to introduce, I guess, the quality of life aspect. So for me, the game is still not launch ready. I still consider it an early access game, and I still enjoy it immensely. It's got to be one of the best games that I've played this year, but... um, yeah, I would have, I would just love to. Um, uh, yeah, would love to see more quality of life things in the game. Yeah, I, I, it's a, it kind of reminds me of the original uh, Distant Worlds before all the DLCs came in. I think I didn't actually really get into the game until like the second DLC came out for the original Distant Worlds, and I'm kind of having flashbacks of that, uh, where there's just yeah, it just doesn't have the content really. I mean, one of the biggest issues as well, which you brought up in a video, I believe, Daz, was the the limited uh, flags and colours. And, yeah, you'd end up having uh, empires that the borders is hard to tell. Is this in my space or their space? I don't understand why Code Forces seem so resistant to changing that. Yeah. That's really bizarre to me. I I think they will change it. They have to. That's just, as you say, it's it's a crazy situation in a modern game. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. It just seems, you know, with all due respects, it just felt a little bit like they kind of 
they couldn't see why people almost like they couldn't see why people wanted it so it was like no no that's really important i think yeah. with a sandbox game like distant worlds the more uh sandboxy stuff you've got in there the better right so exactly. the ability to be able to customize your flag it's so basic i don't know how they missed that i i, I don't know it just it seemed like a very a very strange kind of design decision not to be able not to allow people to I do that. think it was a placeholder that just never got fixed that's the way that's where my head is with it it's 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 the decision to keep it um as an actual feature of the game for me is just a backward step so i think that that's one of those that's that's the sort of quality of life things i've got a big long list of things that i think that the game needs to have that's a that's up there as well like just getting those sorts of things fixed but I think that that would have been, because it's such a complex game, they probably thought, okay, well, this is the quickest way to do this is to put these flags in these colours and just leave it at that for now. And that's why, I don't know, like it's 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 funny. I just hope that it does change soon. I think um, there's one more thing that I'd like to talk about before we before we wrap up. Um, there's a game that's just come, gone in, it's just come out of beta called Galactic Ruler. Have any of you guys played it and you know have you got any opinions on it at all i've got supreme ruler and tortuga was supposed to i think he was supposed to teach both of us how to play wasn't he at one point (laughs) damn it that guy that guy yeah yeah no i haven't got got that one but i never we never got around to playing apparently a lot of people saying it's just a reskin of that really uh, it's not doing very good. I mean, at least uh, um, if I'm going just by Steam reviews, the reviews aren't great. Um, now, just to clear something up, I don't know if Rob might want to do this tomorrow, but Rob put out a tweet saying, "Look, we we don't recommend this game because we've been asking for we we were we were promised beta keys for it ages ago, and then when we chased them up on it, the developers just kind of dodged us. So Rob felt that that was a bit of a smoking gun that there was something deadly wrong with this game. So he kind of put out a tweet, and I, I kind of probably wouldn't have done that personally because I think if you, unless you've actually played something, you probably shouldn't really." you know say anything however rob stands by that and uh, he, he ruffled a few feathers in the community by doing so and i think that just to just to just to say i think it's perfectly um, valid criticism right if you've if you've been promised a key for a game as a journalistic outlet and then when you chase it up they they kind of they just don't reply for months and months on end and then you know they the game comes out and it's got bad reviews that's kind of a bit of a smoking gun isn't it what do you guys think yeah, I get. I, look, I hate. Um, I hate devs and, and pretty more PR companies actually that make you start to jump through hoops um, as a as a content like as an influencer. They um, they almost it's almost like they treat their games as a carrot to, to dangle in front of your nose as if it's something that you know you're doing. They're doing you're doing them. A, sorry, they're doing you a favor. Yeah. And I think that it's one of these things. And also, like, if they think that, um, for me, the absolute number one priority is to give accurate information to the people who watch my channel. Uh, absolutely. there's, And I, I tell myself that whenever I have something where I start to like a developer, for example, if I've got, like, a relationship with a developer, then I'm thinking, oh, geez, I really want to say something nice about their game. I've always come back to my job is to, or, you know, my, my, my channel really lives and dies based on me being impartial. And actually giving tr- uh, true information. So yes, and I always I've never backed down from that. Um, and, and look, most devs um, will actually respect that. Look, most devs just want because they also know that. Look, it's it's no like if you may present a game that somebody else looks at and think, well, that's not a problem for me. I really quite like that aspect of a game. And um, 
you know, I mean, Richard is talk, talking about sort of dealing with like Slytherin games, for example. They're great in that aspect. Like when you actually sort of uh, talk to them about games, if it doesn't fit, fit fit what you like, you know, they're very open about that. And I, yeah, I, I quite like I quite like. They've that always aspect. treated me very well. They've always treated me very well too. Um, and Explominate, very good relationship with Slytherin. They're great people, man. Yeah, I think the main thing to remember though is, well, for me, especially Explominate, I think. Yeah, call out a bad game, uh, even if it's a small developer like this. Uh, this game we're talking about, which I've forgotten the name. <laughs> but it's usually the big ones, though. It's it's often the yeah, big ones. Yeah, we need to the be willing to call out the big companies that, even if we have a good relationship with them, to call out if they release a bad game, like say for example, Humankind. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I mean, even look, if we, we might ruin the, the relationship well with that dev. Rob is well known for speaking his mind. He does not hold back. You know what he's like. Like if you can't like if Rob has made up his mind about something, it's difficult to change his mind, right? So like if he if he thinks that a game sucks, he will say so. I think when it, with, look, I I don't like Amplitude's games very much. I got to be honest. And it's not you know I'm not I'm not being mean. They're great people, by the way. I spoke. I've, we've interviewed them and stuff, and they're really really nice people. Rob's got quite a close relationship with those guys because he's kind of. You know, he's been playing those games for years and Endless Legend was his favourite game, I think. So um, I, I I don't know. I haven't played Humankind, so I can't comment on it. It doesn't look... I, I did play the... I was I was a member of a very, very early closed beta group for it, just briefly, um, before they did the before they did the, you know, the open beta thing. Um, and there were some other quite famous YouTubers in that group and I played it and I didn't like it. I was like, I, I said to them, I'm sorry, it just, for me, it just feels too much like Endless Legend and I didn't like that game. And so I was honest with them. And, you know, I think Rob, I think he looks back at his review for Humankind now. And I think he, I think he has seen that he overrated it. And I've, I, don't, I, I haven't really got much comment about that because I, I don't, I haven't played the game, but I think the general community, community consensus seems to, well, there is no consensus, but some people love it. Um, but a whole lot of people feel that it's kind of a little bit, but, you know, I don't know, just kind of a little bit mediocre and could have been better. And I just think that, I don't know, I, I understand why, I don't. I don't think Rob was, you know, protecting, you know, the the developer there in any way. I think he just genuinely, really liked. I think he maybe just rushed into uh, the review. Maybe that's the other problem, really. Hopefully, things will change with Explorminate, where we don't feel the need to have a day one review or whatever. We can take our time and uh, do reviews when we actually get to because these games you can't you know, go on a, a week's worth of play. I, I enjoyed Endless Space too, actually, for the first couple of weeks I played it. And I I think that game's rubbish now, but, you know, these kind of games you need to uh, play them for quite a, a while before you can do a good, honest review on it. And now we don't, we've not got to pressure ourselves in having these uh, day one reviews. Absolutely. It, I, I think it's <clears> difficult as it? I think it's difficult as a creator to to get a to have a, a more impartial view because you're giving these games quite on short notice. Fleet so probably does as probably the same call and they're saying that we do some content. It's like, well, I can't really give you know particularly correct opinion on a sh- short space of time because of a lot of games like Drexy just said. It's just the time you have to put in to actually understand the mechanics to get a yes. fair opinion on it because it's huge. Because a lot of the games they're not. I'm going to sit there for ten minutes and understand how everything works it doesn't happen like that i think the best no, one was slytherin giving me a choose, copy of war in, mm. like slytherin gave me a copy of war in the east too uh just two weeks before it was released and i was like oh jesus christ I, i'm sorry I, I, i'm not this is not something like 
I'm I like to deep dive these reviews and I don't do very many game reviews because I like because I'm starting to pride myself on looking at games really carefully so if I've not played a game like a 4x game my minimum amount of time that I want to play is 40 hours and I think even then you can make mistakes I think this is the, the mistake that Rob made with Humankind Rob he played Humankind for 100 hours man at least when he, when he did that review and even in that time if you're excited about a game and you're enjoying it, you might not see all the flaws until later. I've changed my mind about loads of games. Like if I'd have if I'd have reviewed Stellaris when it was released in the first 20 hours that I played it, I'd have been like, yeah, I love this game. It's brilliant. It's like one of the best games I've ever played. Then when you played it for 30 hours, you're like, ah, no, hang on a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, yeah. So I think I just, that's that's still fair enough. Like, you know, uh, coming to Rob's defense with that, I know that I do that a lot with games is that I, I love a game for for a period of time. And then um, and and you tend to be doing your videos in that sort of process anyway. And then afterwards, you sort of think, oh, actually, maybe I'm not as in love with it as, as what I was. But yeah. then again, there, you know, like really when I look at I'm just looking at my sort of the games on my desktop at the moment and um there's a lot of games that are coming out that I didn't love when they first came out, but I, but I really am interested to see how they actually sort of come forward. I mean, there's, um, I know we're going to sort of start to wind up, but there's yeah. games, I don't know if you guys have played Fire and Maneuver. I think Fire and Maneuver no, is yeah. a game. I have, I've been, it's gone free to play now, hasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I had known that for a while, actually, on the Patreon, because I got a free copy of it quite a while. That's, it's from the Armchair General, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Armchair yeah. Historian, yeah. I wanted to ask you guys about this, actually. Is it a good game? What do you reckon? It's got such potential, like such That's, a lot yeah. of potential. I, I, Richard, you've played a lot of that, haven't you? I've been on and off it, and I've spoke to uh, Griffiths McTinnis about it as well, because I know he's been playing it, so I've been asking him about it. I've really enjoyed it, and I agree with the free-to-play and then the bought DLC, because, of course, a lot of these games, the DLC are relatively cheap and probably bang for book. There's a lot of bang for book there, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that's a game that I think, like, when I did my video on it, I, I, I didn't think the game was really, you know, it was early access, you know, like, and it was it was literally, it hadn't even been released when I did my videos on it. I wasn't negative about the game because the promise of the game, I think, is it's it really is going to be the next Age of Rifles game. So there's a lot to like about where it's going to be heading. So that's a game that I, I really want to keep on watching, even though for me the initial gameplay of it was a little bit scratchy. You know, so these sorts of games, I think, um, you know, they're sort of almost the opposite. Where when you first sort of play it, the gameplay can be a bit clunky, but you just know there's some, there's a hidden gem inside there. Yeah, you know, and so what do you do? Like with your initial review, it's your or your initial sort of comments. You you are you do have to highlight the problems, but you also somehow have to show the promise and and also like the pedigree of uh, the armchair historian himself. Like you know the, the, that group, uh, of, they research things incredibly incredibly well. Actually, another I, game as well that um, I don't know if you guys have got this on your radar, but uh, you maybe want to put this one out because it's just in a few more days' time. Airships is going to be having a massive update. And oh, that, I like that. That's a great game, that is. Oh, that update is, I don't know if you've got, the, like the update is closed at this stage. It's like it's a closed version of it. I've, I've, I've had it for a good six weeks or so, and it's exceptional. It changes the game. It makes the um, the actual over, overview game unbelievably good. And so, yeah, it was um, a bit bare bones, wasn't it, at first? The strategic map. That was the only thing that put me off that game, actually, because I think the tactical combat in it is wicked. And, yeah. the, you know, the, the whole sandbox element of being able to build you these ships, it's, I mean, very much like High Fleet in that respect, but probably better. I mean, it's just, 
that's cool, but I felt that the uh, the strategic side was a little bit bare bones, maybe. Is that, so is that changing in a big way? Oh, yeah. It's inc- it's incredible what they've done. They've, they've, they've got a, uh, a diplomatic system now in it, which is very simple, but very, very – it really does sort of – it's very important aspect of the game now. But they've also added in limitations. They've got like a supply system where if you don't have the supply, you can't move your ships from, from city to city. And so uh, it slows down the actual combat. You know how it used to be that you'd have a, you'd have your airships and they'd be going to one place and then you'd see another group coming across so you'd quickly go somewhere else? All of that's yeah. gone now. And so you have to build up your fleet, get the supplies into your fleet and then move it off. And you can still sort of chop and change things a little bit, but it really is, it's become much, much more strategic. And you can turn that on or off too, by the way. You don't have to play it with the diplomacy or with the supply system. You actually I can't have believe that it's such a it's it's such a big game and it's made by one developer as well. I mean, yeah, and it's and he's had COVID for the last three weeks. Has <laughs> he? So, oh god! So he hasn't been able to develop it, but it, but it's it was polished when I first got it, like six weeks ago. So that's coming like at time of recording. That's coming out in about three days' time, and it's a free oh, update. <clears throat> oh, the uh, the reviews for that game are overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive, and as we said before, that's quite rare. To get that many people on Steam to agree on something is so difficult, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny, be... like a, when, Sorry, I've, when I do record that, because I've, I've covered this, this game quite a bit, some people don't like this style of the actual combat, but I really like it a lot. Oh, it's awesome. I'm just watching it on Steam. I'm just watching the uh, the videos of you know the, the blurb videos of it now. It just looks so good. You have got walking robots in it and everything. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just really good fun. I think if you like, like if you like games like, um, yeah, I guess like High Fleet, it's got kind of yeah. an arcade-ish element to it, but it's it's slow enough pace that you know that it's not like an arcade game at all. It's it's just well, it's really... plausible real time. Um, you can yeah, yeah. And, and so that's how I play it. I just basically go from action to action and uh, just and set up my orders and then uh, just watch what happens it's um, it's also like star sector in that respect because that's also pausable real time and you know it's kind of an action game in in a sense but very playable as a result um just before we wrap up i think drexy's got a last question I, I just wanted to mention that uh in the next couple of weeks we've got the we've finally got more uh, immortal empires is hitting for total war warhammer and this is the culmination of what is it like eight years now of creative assemblies kind of work on on this on this franchise it's looking really really good uh warhammer 3 had a shaky start um you know it was people didn't really like the campaign very much and you know it's i mean the community is utterly split on on the whole thing now unfortunately but the uh the, but i think that warhammer 3 is actually in a good place at the moment and um, the this immortal empires campaign looks absolutely massive um have you guys any interest in that? And have you have you had a look? Just too um, busy. Too, I'm too busy, unfortunately. Warhammer, new Warhammer set. Yeah, I would love to, but <laughs> you know how we were talking before about uh, like basically companies that make you jump through hoops. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where unfortunately I find that if I don't cover their game of their games in a timely fashion, or if I if I'm not positive about their games, uh, I, they basically don't don't give me any anything else to go if with. So not positive, stopped. if you're not positive about the games, oh, you know, like it, not it's I've, it's been one of those things where it took me so it took me years to actually get on the inner inner circle of of getting the games. Um, you know, like I don't know why it was just really really tough to actually yeah, break through the program. Yeah. And it's and then I finally got through that, and then I started sort of getting the games and doing some. I would pick and choose, you know, like some of them I didn't think were were worth the time, so I didn't I didn't cover them. Other ones I would, and but because I didn't cover every single game, I'm basically out of that program now. So 
I, and yeah. the, the game I'm really interested in is the Warhammer games. Like, that's the one I yeah, really, yeah. really want to be, be covering. But, um, you know, I'm basically, <laughs> because I didn't uh, jump through the hoops, I'm, uh, I'm, out of the, I'm out of the circus type thing. So it's sort of yeah. one of those. And, it, that, and I, I, I sort of think, well, I could chase, but because, because, of, that, because of that aspect, and to be honest, I, look at, it's, I guess it's a bit of a rant of mine, but I find that being a content creator, uh, you, it, you end up like the YouTubes, the Twitches, and all these other companies uh, get you to, it's like being on a hamster wheel, and you need to go faster and faster and faster just to stay where you are. And, yeah, um, I'm not interested in any of that now. I've decided I'm not playing to the algorithm. I don't care. I've, I've realized that like it's not worth my mental health or or wrecking the rest of my life trying yeah. to do things like shorts and all that crap. I just if YouTube YouTube are kind of slowly pricing themselves out of the uh, the let's play market. I'm afraid with their with their. I don't know. I don't want to rant about this now. Now's not the time. But I really no, do, no. I do not like. I'm I'm really not like. I'm not a big fan of Twitch either, actually, but I, I think that YouTube particularly are, are making some very egregious changes to their to to things. And just making, well, they're, like, they're all making. I to f- they they put you on this hamster wheel that you've got to run f- as fast as you possibly can. And look, they they have yeah. the, they've got really good tools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they so, have, yeah. I think you have to play with, by your own rules. And to be and to going back to sort of circle back on that one with Total War Warhammer. Um, I'm now playing by my rules. I'm not going to jump through the hoops anymore. And so yeah. I will probably ask for it when it's around, but um, I don't expect any results, to be honest. So I probably yeah. I would love to cover it because I, it, it sort of really is, you know, sort of content that I would love to be covering because I, I love the game, but um, I don't think I'm going to get the game. Well, I follow the I follow a lot of content creators um, on Warham on Total War Warhammer. Um, I speak to a few as well. In fact, I, in, I interviewed a guy. That interview's not gone up yet, and uh, that was just a cock up, basically on my on my end. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put that up soon. I think if I can salvage what I've got of it. But um, anyway, I'm speaking to him and some of the other guys. The hoops that they have to jump through is kind of big, big, and I I can't get help but get the impression that. Um, if you're not super positive about the games, that they kind of like, I don't know, like Legend of Total War is a big, big YouTuber, and he he's like he's probably their biggest YouTuber, and he and he's been quite critical of Warhammer Three, and um, that you know he's still kind of on the creator program. But I think I get the impression the only reason is is because he's just too big for them to lose, and I don't I don't want to work I don't want to do anything for any company that really you know insists that I give them positive coverage in order for me to you know to get thrown the scraps. I just find that that. I'm just not yeah. going to do it. Like, I never got that feeling off, like, Slytherin, for example, who no, always no, get um, no, games off. Like Slytherin aren't like that at all. Like, I, you know, I'll say, I'm sorry, this is not something that I can, I, I think I'm going to be able to cover. And they're, they're fine with it. They don't care. You know, like, they're, they're just a proper company. Whereas I think that, you know, journalistic integrity is really important. And yeah. I think for, if, if, for example, if, if we were to, I don't know, I just think that, like, we don't get, I don't think we get free games from CA. I don't know, we might have got a copy of Three Kingdoms, maybe. Yeah, you've got to be careful. Companies have got to be careful. We've already had some big issues with journalistic integrity over the last decade or so. I mean, I mean, it goes right back as far as Master of Orion 3, when journalists were found to be taking, you know, giving positive mm. uh, reviews yeah. in order to take things. And then we had Gamergate, which was all about that as well. So, I mean, it's like, we've got to, we've got to be really super careful now with with the way that you know we're just being honest about what's going on and i think if game if games companies are kind of like shying away from people who are going to tell the truth and that's bad i know a lot of those uh, total war warhammer creators had to bite their tongues during the beta of of warhammer 3 and they were only they only seem to come out with criticism after the game release and i think that's terrible you know 
Anyway, rant over. Um, Drexy, what have you got to say, man? Right, I just want to, <clears throat> to wrap up, I just want to uh, know what three games, pick three games uh, of uh, that are uh, going to be released either this year or next year that you guys are looking forward to. I'll go first, of course. <laughs> for me, it's definitely like For the King 2, which is like another sort of tactic sort of uh, game. Uh, Zephon, definitely, that's another one which we spoke about. And also Falling Frontier as well, which is looking very interesting from Hooded Horse Gaming. What about you, Ben? Oh, God, you've blindsided me with that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can, I think, I've got my three. Go, go for <laughs> it, Daz. You go for it. I'll think about mine. Uh, Zephon, absolutely. Um, so for the same reasons as, as Rod Drex is saying. Um, Fallen Frontier as well. Uh, looks <laughs> exceptional. Like God, that looks like a great yeah, game when that so one does good. come. And the other one, Master of Magic. And that's probably the most oh, anticipated yeah. of, of all mm. of those three. That's the one I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, literally, uh, Falling Frontier was definitely on my list. Uh, also, Scr- uh, Scrambled, Battle of Britain. That looks good. Uh, and Master of Magic. They, are, they were my three, I was going to say. Oh, I, I think I'm going to go with the same as you guys. I think Falling Frontier and what was the other one, Drexy, that you had? Um, Hang on, you can't copy Ben. Zephon. Zephon. I can. <laughs> I'm stuck Just in the past. Just say the King as well, even though you don't know what that is. I don't even know what that is. Uh, no, okay, mine, mine is Immortal Empires that's coming out in a couple of weeks, even though it's just the, you know, the beta. Um, that's the game, I've, apart from Dominions and you know the old winter stuff, that's the game I play most when I'm not doing YouTube. Um, so... Yeah, Immortal Empires for Total War is my is my most anticipated game this year, without a doubt. Um, I think also Zephon is looking like I, I don't know much about it, but just from hearing what everyone's saying about it and knowing it's from Proxy, who just made such a great job of Gladius, I think that that's that's my other one. Um, Master of Magic. Look, I'm, I still play Caster of Magic for Windows. In fact, I was playing that the other day, and I still think that's a great game. So I'm not that... Like, I think Muha, I've got to do something with Master of Magic that makes it good, that's not just a graphical update. So, and that's risky. So I don't know. I'm on the fence about Master of Magic, to be honest. Like, I think it will just like, be a graphic update. Like, you know, with with hexes and a few other little things. It won't be, it won't be dramatic, but I think it will be the building blocks of something great. Okay, right. If that's, if it's, if that's how it's going to be, then I'm interested. Um, I don't know. Uh, the other thing I think my probably my most anticipated update because that's the nearest I'm going to get. I think is the is the Oceans update for Shadow Empire. I'm really excited yeah. about that. I, Actually, I can't. I'm, it's been a bit delayed, and I, I Vic Vix told me that he's work. He was a bit behind schedule on it, so he said. But he said it. You know, it is coming, and it, I think it will be this year. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that. I don't know whether there's going to be a, a, a full on naval pack later i don't know um because it sounds that's, like the ocean i'm actually looking forward to that more more so than the like the first update with ocean worlds i'm looking forward to but i'm really really looking forward to when they actually when you can actually have controllable navies and that will be after so i'm yeah. sort of looking at maybe two two big updates in the future <laughs> yeah right guys we we must wrap up because we've been going for nearly two hours so hey thank you so much for everyone uh does for getting up early and and everyone else for staying up late <laughs> actually um, no for me it's it's only like a, I, I was already i've already been down the beach for a few hours be- before we started so i'm actually this is <laughs> all right Dad, stop showing off <laughs> uh, to be fair it was i was in the water for that time and it was seven degrees uh, air temperature outside so it wasn't that pleasant <laughs> oh gosh man yeah but still i mean Living in Australia just sounds like you're being on holiday all the time, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful morning, i got to say. Just absolutely oh, nice. stunning, but very, very cold here. 
Still well, winter um, here. <laughs> it's great to hear from you, Daz. Thanks for catching up with us, man. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back on the podcast sometime soon. We'll, we'll probably we're uh, we're getting back on the more regular podcast now, so we're going to be we're going to be inviting people on more regularly. So come back, man. And we'll uh, we'll chat games again. So uh, for the Alex Jones podcast, is that the? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, oh god, I'm still I'm still trying to I'm still trying to kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping people forget about my political output on Explominate, to be honest with you. I think you'll give it another couple of years and people may have finally forgotten about it to the point where I can talk about it. <laughs> Let's just not go there for the time being, all right? Um, Richard, as well, thanks for joining us on the podcast, man. And, um, no problem, it's been brilliant. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime and uh, come, come and chat with us about games again. All right, thank you very much. And Drexy, as always, mate, thanks for doing all the technical stuff and, uh, you know, for being a good for being a good person who doesn't play podcasts. Uh, <laughs> for being a good person who doesn't play 4x games anymore it's it's always good to have your opinion <laughs> Cheers, what, what you guys can't see is uh Drexy shouting at me in the uh, in the chat it's two hours ben <laughs> stop talking well i'm not sure we can he's a min maxer he's a min maxer i'm not sure we can recall for two more than two hours on these things so okay right guys seconds. we got we got 10 seconds to say goodbye bye bye bye, bye. <laughs> That was Ben, Drexy and Richard for Explominate. See you later, guys. Take care.